For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. There is just way too much news. Way too much news. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you had an amazing holiday. We are off for Thanksgiving and Black Friday. And uh, I wake up on this Monday just looking at all of the stories, and it's overwhelming. Um, we had to, we, we were tr- struggling to figure out, like, what do we lead with? We got Jussie Smollett. He's going to trial. The Osendiro brothers, who claim, uh, who, who are, who allegedly were hired by him to stage this hoax, are going to be testifying against him. At least that's what I've been hearing. We've got Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, stepping down. We've got Joe Biden saying, we, we don't need to do any lockdowns for now, so long as you get vaccinated. And now reports are coming out saying, oops, it's actually a three dose vaccine, not a booster. So what does that mean? Well, the definitions are going to change. We got Anthony Fauci coming out once again for, I think, I don't know how many times that I am the science, (laughs) then getting slammed by politicians. And we decided to start off with Chris Cuomo because this is a big media story. Cuomo, Chris Cuomo on CNN, was covering for his brother amid assault allegations. We'll keep it a little family friendly. And he was apparently stalking the victims and trying to dig up dirt on them and even crafted the PR statement for his brother. We'll get into all that reporting. He may get fired. I really doubt it. Huh. Brian Williams can literally make up stories and they're like, eh, just moving to MSNBC where no one cares about what's true or not. Jeffrey Tubin. Or, oh man, <laughs> CNN hired that guy <laughs> back. Yeah. Who could have, I, I mean, the remarkable thing is there, wasn't there a video of Tubin? I think so. Wow. Ugh. So we got to get into all of that stuff, but we are hanging out with uh, White Coat Waste Project. I, I got that right, right? Yeah, you did. Justin, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm uh, Justin Goodman. I'm the Vice President of Advocacy and Public Policy at White Coat Waste Project. Uh, I spend my days protecting dogs and puppies and kittens and monkeys from government abuse. Like Dr. Fauci. Protecting them from evil, mo- <laughs> yes. evil guys like that. That's, a, that's yeah. Right. So we actually have a, a story on TimCast.com, uh, by of which I get you guys were the source a source for it. That Fauci is conducting maximum pain experiments on primates on Monkey Island, and this is this, it, I had to. So this this is I don't like doing this. I had to go into the article and actually take the pictures off oh, because they're so hmm. gruesome. We can't show them on YouTube. And this is the you know NIAID under Fauci funding pain research. You have to wonder about some of the cruel and psychotic things they do in the name of research on animals, some of which is just nonsensical, like, do fish feel pain? Or let's torture monkeys as much as possible to see what happens. I'm sorry, man. I, I kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what you have to say about waste project, because this sounds like cruel, unusual, and a waste of our money. Yeah, absolutely. It costs taxpayers $20 billion oh, a year. What? Billion with a B. I mean, we can just look at all these lefties and be like, hey, how about we all agree and we like, I don't know, fund roads or something. Or, or put it towards some kind of healthcare project. I think it's better than torturing animals and stuff like that. Or, or just don't, don't steal the money in the first place and let people keep their income. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Uh, lots of news to get into today, including the Ghislaine Maxwell tri- uh, trial, which just began with, of course, James Comey's daughter, who's one of the lead prosecutors and the same person who admittedly lost the Epstein prison tapes. 
Looks like she got a promotion. We're going to be talking about that probably in the after section. But I think today's shirt that I'm wearing definitely is appropriate for our conversation. It says Fauci lied, people died. And I think I might have to add another uh, audible to the shirt saying people, monkeys, dogs, and a whole bunch of other people and <laughs> and creatures that we don't even know about uh, with uh, Fauci's lie. So I'm excited to get into that plus a lot more. And if you want the shirt, you can on the best political shirts.com. And because you do that, I'm here. Thanks for having me. Happy to be back. Ian Crossland over here. Happy holidays, everyone. Uh, yeah, and uh, looking forward to the show. Let's get going. Good. Yeah, I am also here pushing buttons in the corner, as is my want. I'm very excited to have White Coast Waste Project, if I can White say Coast? Lovely. It's a tongue twister. White Coast. White, yeah, no, don't confuse me further. Thank that's you why that. I was like slow. I was like, yes, White nice Coast Waste I just yeah. use White Coat. White oh, Coat. Good, yeah. White yeah, Coat. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget to go to TimCast.com. Become a member. Help support all of our journalists. We have a new show launching, I think, tomorrow. Because we're just going to go for it. It's a pop culture show talking about movies, video games, and all that stuff. We'll get a little bit into politics. For the most part, it's going to be just like cultural because we want to build that culture. But uh, you're also supporting all of our journalists of note, Cassandra Fairbanks, who wrote about Fauci's monkey torture island. Mm-hmm. And we also, uh, which inf- with information sourced from White Coat, which is going to be an excellent conversation today. So certainly help support all of our work. You can also support our work by going to the TimCast store from the website and getting a shirt like this one. Step on Snack and find out. Yes. YouTube didn't approve it for us to display on YouTube. I guess they don't like it, but I really like it, and I think it's a silly joke, and it's funny. And if you like it with the cute little snake, and he's a little angry, and you know he's a tough guy, <laughs> then uh, get that get that uh, shirt. But don't forget to like this video, uh, smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's get in to that big story. Oh man, Daily Mail reports CNN says Chris Cuomo's fate will be decided in the next several days after text messages revealed he wrote Andrew's pest rebuttals, assault pest rebuttals, and used sources to dig dirt on accuser. Victim says system protects powerful men from accountability. Newly released texts show how CNN host Chris Cuomo helped strategize his brother's response to harassment allegations. CNN told DailyMail.com that the transcripts of Cuomo's interview with investigators in the texts will be reviewed. We will be having a conversation and seeking additional clarity about their significance as they relate to CNN over the next several days. So maybe he won't be fired, but we'll see. A March 1st message he sent to the governor's chief aide, Melissa DeRosa, included included a suggested written response Andrew Cuomo should have used. The messages were released by the New York Attorney General's office Monday. In one, Chris said his friend asked actor Alec Baldwin to post a 14-minute video rant on Instagram in defense of his disgraced governor brother. Chris said he asked his friend to to tell Baldwin to stay out of the scandal. The text also revealed the television personality was investigating one woman who accused the ex-politician of trying to kiss her at a wedding. DeRosa and Cuomo would often send her unsolicited advice, which she often ignored. All right, Cuomo, he's not a journalist. He is a content creator for CNN. And I, I'm going I'm to make sure I give proper credit where credit is due. This is Danny and Ryan Long. Danny, uh, Polish Chuck, I'm probably pronouncing your name wrong, Danny. But they had this funny bit on their podcast about how, you know, it would just really irk the media by calling all of their journalists content creators. And Ryan Long is like, the right would roll with it and be like, I guess, whatever. And the left would just freak out. No, we're journalists. No, no, no. Hold on. Chris Cuomo's not doing journalism here. He's directly intervening in a political scandal using a media network to protect his corrupt brother who assaulted women, who had killed the elderly. And all of this, CNN helped cover up. Not a journalist, but he does make content. So I think it's fair to call Cuomo a content creator. 
And he was lying about it from the very beginning of this scandal. CNN said that they were investigating ties between the brother, the governor, and of course the anchor, and they were looking into it, and they were going to have a thorough investigation, and now we have the New York State uh, Attorney General release all these text messages that implicate him. I mean, I'm I'm really surprised that CNN is not going to give him a medal in excellency <laughs> of, of, of lying and deception. I mean, CNN, for frick's sakes, look at their lineup. They got Lubin Tubin. They got they got the they had the brain eating guy. They got a Vanderbilt. Yeah. They got the, they got the, the guy who talks about black holes swallowing airplanes. Yeah. And now they have creepy Como. I mean, CNN is not a news organization. They are a smear merchant operation that does the bidding and the PR of the super powerful that wants to impose their will or their willy onto the unsuspecting innocent public. And I am sick of these people having carte blanche promotion yeah. by all these big tech social media companies. Sorry, wait, I had wait. that lined up. I, I'm you, so mad at CNN. The brain-eating guy. <laughs> yeah. that, that's, of course that's their lineup. I mean, you got, yeah. seriously. He's that's not, he's not that's the quote. Most trusted, he's not, but that's the most trusted name in news. They had people eating brains on, on national television promoting that. See, YouTube's like, that's great. That's awesome. That's family-friendly content that we got to push in the algorithm. Meanwhile, independent media like my channel, your channel, we are changed. We get screwed over and, of course, we get downranked and, uh, you know, there's so many instances. CNN even, I, I, I'm a little biased here. Obviously, CNN put a false strike on one of my videos and prevented me from doing live streams when I had a live show because I played a portion of the president's speech, which was during the State of the Union. So they, they rigged the algorithm in many different ways. But regardless, Chris Como should be obviously fired here. But with the low reputation that CNN has, will he? That's the larger question how, that I think a lot of people are asking themselves. How long did it take you to write all that, Luke? That was during the show. That, you're that, doing the introduction. That was excellent. That you, was excellent. Good, yeah. You're doing the introduction. I'm like, I, I could go on they a roll here. Been <laughs> the brain eating guy. Yeah. They got black creepy Cuomo. Yeah. Who yeah. Black hole oh, the black swallowing hole. airplane. Tom, oh man, wow. CNN's <laughs> reputation could not be worse. You yeah. know, I, I had an idea. I woke up the other morning. Uh, I, no, I think it was was it this morning maybe. Um, and I, I usually wake up and then I just like, I don't know, man, I'm coming off a groggy, weird dream and I'm like vaguely remembering what's going on. And I, I immediately pick up my phone right when I wake up and I hit up Twitter. And then the first thing I saw was a tweet from Brian Stelter about the Omicron variant. And then I was just like, yeah, Stelter variant. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is a oh, good a idea. Second. I was like, we should just call the name the variants after CNN's lineup. Yeah. And so I was like, variant. I'm not going to call it Omicron. I'm going to call it the lemon variant. Because yes. lemon's yeah. actually like a regular word, too. Mm -hmm. And so we'll just name all the variants the after variant. CNN hosts. Yeah. And I call them content creators, too, because I agree. Like, they're not journalists. They just make content. And, and truth be told, this is really important. Seriously. We talk about CNN's uh, ratings being complete trash and in the gutter, and that's true, but they do get a ton of YouTube video uh, views because YouTube promotes them. So CNN's lineup, they get, I think they get like 100 to 200K in the key demo, mm. and like all, all, all together, it's only like 400, so they're well below the ratings of this show. And I'm not saying that to like brag or something, I'm just pointing out like they're irrelevant, but they get the YouTube views more than we do, and we're on YouTube. So they're just content creators. Yes. That's all they are.
But a lot of that is forced. A lot of that is the algorithm literally pushing them no matter who's online. Usually the algorithm is curated for a particular audience. But you look up any kind of news-related event, CNN is top up up there. So they have a huge advantage over, of course, independent media when they're causing real-life harm. Uh, you know, CNN and other corporate media make the argument that independent media is causing harm to the general public by lying and spreading misinformation. Information. Well, number one, look at exactly what CNN did, whether it's the Hurricane Katrina, the 2008 bailouts, whether it's the weapons of mass destruction. Time and time again, they kept lying through their teeth that led to real life consequences, even on a smaller micro level. When we look at Chris Como literally going after looking up dirts, using CNN's resources to go after the accusers of his brother, who's governor of New York, who's been accused of doing really inappropriate stuff to other female members of his staff. Family-friendly show. We can't get really into the details here. A lot of it is also vague, but th th that should be the least well, we, thing that Como should be in trouble for. We can. We can. A yeah. lot of the allegations are like when he grabbed that woman by the neck yeah. and like pulled her in and she's like clearly freaked out. Then Cuomo himself put out a montage of him inappropriately touching people to justify it being okay. It was funny because he was like, I'm a, I'm an Italian. Yeah. You know, I touch everybody. Yeah. Here's a video of me doing it. And you're just like, oh, he's making it worse. Yeah. It's like all these videos of him like grabbing faces of random people. And I'm like, it doesn't make you innocent. It make, just makes yeah. you a bisexual assailant. But it wasn't just faces. It wasn't just people feeling uncomfortable. It was also people being touched in other private areas. It was also forcefully kissing them and making them feel really uncomfortable by making a lot of innuendos and kind of demands. And uh, of course, you know, that thing is still nothing compared to what he did to the state of New York mm -hmm. during, of course, the beginning of COVID with his policy when it came to elderly homes and the larger impact that he had on the large number of people that died as a consequence because of his direct policies that killed people. So that, to me, should be the bigger controversy. It shouldn't be, of, of, of course, uh, you know, a lot of the PR stuff. It shouldn't be a lot of the lighter stuff, because there is some lighter stuff mixed in with some of the heavier stuff. But this shows a kind of, um, you, you know, characterization of someone who's above the law, who, who, who thinks that they could do whatever they want, who routinely abuses people around them, and they think they could get away with it because they're in a high position of power. That's the kind of kind of greaseball thinking that should be called out because it leads to, of course, on a lower level, people feeling uncomfortable. On a bigger level, grandma being pushed in with the latest COVID cases inside of her nursing home because he thinks he could get away with it. Yep. And he has. Andrew yep. Cuomo killed like 15,000 people. Easily. That's the numbers we know. He hid the numbers. He lied about the numbers. So those numbers are probably a lot bigger. And the fact that he made that policy, the fact that he hid that policy is also another big aspect here because he was caught lying, manipulating the data, manipulating the information. The new governor of New York came out and said, hey, there's actually a lot more people here that were caught up in this. There's actually a lot more people here that were affected by this that we didn't even know about. And I mean, when you get to this kind of level of sociopathic thinking, this kind of level of making these decisions that, that impact people so negatively, this is absolutely nothing. But it still it was, should be called out for. They still should be held accountable for all the egregious actions that they're doing. It's because they hated Trump so much. Yes. It was that Trump sent in the Mercy a naval vessel and the Javits Center had been opened for emergency uh, usage 
And the Mercy, I don't believe, was ever used. Yeah, maybe like one so. or two beds or something. Mm-hmm. The Javits was at 30%, but Cuomo was like, eh, let's not give Trump a win. And so he put recovering COVID patients who are still infectious into nursing homes. Hmm. And uh, in, in, in uh, Pennsylvania, where this was happening too, under Governor Tom Wolf, it was the now... Um, Admiral, yeah, honorary uh, admiral of uh, whatever Biden's yeah. appointee for health services, Rachel, Levine. Rachel Levine, right? Yeah, yeah. Took their parents out of a nursing home just before the sick people were put in. Yeah, yeah. that shows uh, uh, foreknowledge. Yeah, that yeah. they were were going to be killing the elderly. Yep, yeah. they didn't care. They knew. Man. They had hospitals that were wide open in the middle of Central Park that were just put there. They were field hospitals, and there was no one in them. So why would you do this kind of policy? It absolutely makes no sense at all. And the fact that he didn't go down for that, the fact that he went down for something else later down the line shows you that there's bigger things at hand here. There's more political manipulation here. There's a, there's a bigger power structure that probably did ensue between the Como's and another power structure. There was probably a bigger ask by the power structure that Como probably didn't want to go along with. But also with, with this latest revelation, this is another, another aspect to uh, talk about here because this was the New York Attorney General that released these text messages and for people to think that this is not political that this is not done in a bigger power grab is also i would say a little bit naive Mm -hmm. since of course most new york politics is extremely political extremely related to criminal organizations criminal gangs as well so i do believe that there's a bigger power struggle here and they're going after the comos bringing them down because of something else that we might not even know about personally from my own opinion let's wrap this back to the the media aspect of it all because when you know CNN lies and the mainstream press lie over and over again, one of the outlets that we have is social media. However, as most everybody knows, one of the biggest stories of our generation, the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, was censored by Twitter. They literally and Facebook. They literally blocked sharing of this link, even in private messages, likely just to help Joe Biden win the election. Polling from Rasmussen and a couple other outlets came out showing that. People, I think by like seven percentage points, would have not voted for Joe Biden had they known about the laptop scandal and the things that uh, Joe Biden had been doing. And, uh, well, with that being said, we have this story here. Uh, most of you may have heard because it's one of the biggest stories in a long time. Jack Dorsey is resigning as Twitter CEO, board member, and former chief technology officer Parag Agrawal has been appointed CEO effective immediately. You know, Jack Dorsey is a hypocrite. He's either, well, he is a hypocrite. He's a liar, I believe, or he's just completely inept. So when I, when I was talking to Jack, and I've talked to him several times since I, I met him on the Joe Rogan uh, podcast, he was talking about a path to redemption for those that get banned. You can't make, you know, it a life sentence because you said a naughty word or whatever. He talked about solving the problem and bringing about decentralization. And what did he do after all these years? Literally nothing but quit and appoint someone who is as woke or woker than he is. This new guy, the chief technology officer, Parag Agrawal, he's got this interview where, I mean, it's gone viral. He basically says, uh, let me see if I can pull it up. They, they ask him about it. And let me uh, let me make sure I can pull up this, the, the part where he talks about the First Amendment. He's asked about free speech on Twitter. So we can expect things to get a whole lot worse. Ugh. He says, you're caught in a bit of a hard place. This is the interviewer, Litchfield. As somebody in the audience is also pointing out, that you're trying to combat misinformation. You also want to protect free speech as a core value and also in the U.S. as the First Amendment. How do we balance those two? He said, 
Our role is not to be bound by the First Amendment, but our role is to serve a healthy public conversation. And our moves are uh, are reflective of things that we believe lead to a healthier public conversation. The kinds of things that we do about this is focused less on thinking about free speech, but thinking about how the times have changed. One of the changes today that we see is speech is easy on the internet. Most people can speak. Where our role is particularly emphasized is who can be heard. The scarce commodity today is attention. There's lots of content out there, a lot of tweets out there. Not all of it gets attention. Some subset of it gets attention. And so increasingly our role is moving towards how we recommend content. And that sort of is a struggle that we're working through in terms of how we make sure these recommendation systems that we're building, how we direct people's attention in leading to a healthy public conversation that is most participatory. Uh, code word for we know what's better for you than you do. And we're going to make sure that conversations we deem to be the healthy ones are had and promoted and your ideas aren't. And let's be real. They directly remove news stories that are bad for mm-hmm. their psychotic goals and agendas. And I want to give a, sh- a shout out real quick to Project Veritas, who has those undercover videos of Bernie Sanders supporters and Democrat staffers talking about being violent and manipulating people and talking about gulags. Because if you ever talk to these Antifa people in private, they will straight up tell you they intend to kill millions of people. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not trying to pu- push hyperbole. I mean, literally go to these meetings. And they will calmly, these Antifa far leftists calmly and rationally say things like, you know, if we want communism, we have to reconcile with the fact that there's going to be, you know, tens of millions of people who will actively resist, many of whom will violently resist to uphold capitalism, white supremacy, insert buzzword. And they'll say, well, those people have to be sent to the gulags to break rocks to understand what hard work really means, many of whom will die. When you see stories like this and you've got psychotic, egomaniacal lunatics like this guy Agrawal and Jack Dorsey saying, we know what's healthy, not you. You don't get to speak. What do you think? What do you think the future will look like under that kind of person? Well, we were already in that spot with 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 CEO Jack Dorsey. But I got to be honest, Jack Dorsey didn't do a whole lot. And he still was willing to go on shows and talk to people. This guy, I think, is going to be much more locked down, much more robotic, PR oriented, just garbage statements put out, lies, manipulation. And as much as I think Twitter is trash, it does still have that opportunity to spread news outside the mainstream, whereas CNN is is a, is a pollutant. I know, you know, with, with uh, you guys at, uh, yeah. at White Coat, getting these stories out probably is difficult because I don't think CNN would go near anything that smears Fauci. No, it's been hard to get mainstream media coverage for anything criticizing Fauci, particularly in this administration. Uh, we'd taken him on before under Trump. A lot of these uh, news outlets were happy to cover us beating up the administration and now they're not anymore (laughs) uh twitter is actively banning ads right now from us wow criticizing fauci we were trying to run our dogs against fauci ads about him funding uh deadly maximum pain experiments on dogs and twitter dogs too yeah twitter banned those ads they won't give us a blue check either um so we were hoping things would get better when jack left but it doesn't sound (laughs) like it (laughs) i i don't think jack was that was really the ceo at this point anyway I think they panicked. I think who was the CEO before him? Was it Dick Costolo? I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't but know. Uh, I think they had a crisis. They were like, "Bring Jack Dorsey back on because he was a co-founder, and it'll look really, really good, you know, to our investors or whatever." <laughs> and then Jack just basically made a bunch of boring, nonsensical, ideological public statements and never actually implemented anything. Yep. I mean, this is going to be a very interesting uh, transition of power, I believe, because I think there's going to be some kind of difference that we're going to be feeling with this uh, kind of um, 
transition. This, this new guy coming in, he also has ties to, of course, Snopes and PolitiFact. So it's going to be interesting to see how he implements this. A lot of people are bringing up his old tweet from 2010, where he talked about if you're going to talk about Muslims being all extremist, then you should you shouldn't distinguish between white people and racists. Of course, there's a lot of different context behind that. It was a long time. That ago. was a, it was a quote from the Daily Show. Yeah, it was from Asif Manvi. Yeah, but but honestly, you know, I never thought I would say this, and I'm actually going to defend Jack Dorsey here a little bit if you compare now what twitter is to facebook and instagram it is way better especially when it comes to censorship of speech now that doesn't say much that's like comparing like uh uh you know the, the devil to to you know a, a different smaller devil but uh, you know like lucifer <laughs> I, I, was, I was gonna say it's still the devil it's still <laughs> evil but uh i've personally noticed having a lot more fun and a lot more freedom on Twitter than I would on Instagram and Facebook because I've been getting fact-checked a lot more on Facebook and Instagram than I have on Twitter. And there's a lot of stuff I get away with on Twitter that I would naturally not get away with. Now, of course, I could be mixed in in the crowd. I could not be targeted. A lot of people have been targeted. A lot of people have had their speech uh, aggressively limited, which is absolutely horrible. Tim, you got something to say? Well, it's it's, it's not that Twitter's better. It's that they're all different. Facebook is the worst by far because they ban everything. They they put Facebook Make fact checks on things. They empower political actors to lie about statements, you know, if I've made or you make. Yeah. YouTube is actually decent in some areas, but really, really bad in terms of general censorship. Twitter is good in some areas, but really, really bad in terms of censorship. Sure. You know, Twitter allows you to talk about a lot of things like Fauci and the vaccines if you're just tweeting. But what you don't know is when they shadow ban you. Mm. And then you got to do a check. Or they won't verify certain people. They won't verify, uh, you know. Actually, I think they banned James O'Keefe completely. Yeah, I yes. right. so, yeah. Yep. They wouldn't verify him. There's a lot of people they won't verify. And that verification is a sign of credibility. And they know it and trust. Mm. Now, YouTube allows you to say some things. But YouTube is worse than Twitter. So I think it's it's fair to point out they're all bad. But if, like, I was going to give a censorship score where a positive score means you're pro-free speech and a negative score means you oppose free speech, then, you know, Facebook is like a negative 93 and YouTube is a negative 65 and then Twitter is a negative, you know, 47. Mm. They're yeah. all opposed to free speech. They I, I all feel like a 43 or 50 maybe, no, but no. I'm, I'm along the same lines. But it's still one of the still one of the places where you could share a lot of controversial ideas without having the ban hammer. Instagram, yeah. I know. Oh, I'm going to post this. I'm going to get banned. I'm going to get hit yeah. right away. I, I just know. So, so th- there's also some Something interesting happening with Jack Dorsey tweeting a lot of very curious stuff. He tweeted out Murray's Rothbard's book, An uh, uh, Anatomy of the State, yeah. uh, recently as well. He's really into Bitcoin. So I don't know. Maybe he got surprised, dosed, and had some kind of revelation. There's also rumors of him having a shakeup and argument with Elliott Management. That's the hedge fund that's pretty much uh, has a substantial stake in Twitter. So I wouldn't be surprised if there were some bigger moves here made. Uh, Jack Dorsey also just previously said a couple months ago, if he wasn't working at Twitter, he would be working in Bitcoin. So uh, just the fact that he has promoted Bitcoin as much as he can, that he even t- tweeted out Murray's Rothbard's book is is pretty huge. So there might be some kind of w- wakening up or some kind of internal conflict that we don't even know about that has caused this larger shakeup, which I do believe there's going to be some ramifications of. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, I, I don't want to take the, just the direct pessimistic view of this guy as a do-nothing hypocrite. Maybe the reality is... There is a lot of stuff that Jack Dorsey talked about doing with Bitcoin, with crypto, with decentralization, and maybe he just couldn't do it. Maybe they wouldn't let him do it. Maybe they said it's bad for our bottom line, so no, and he eventually said, okay, I'm going to leave and go do it. Yeah. So maybe he'll work in blockchain technology. Hmm. He told me this years ago. He said 
that, you know, we need decentralized blockchain social media that's immutable. And I said, that's a really bad idea because that means someone could post my address and it could never be deleted. And I would not be happy with, you know, that private information or, you know, personal images or something like that. There needs to be a way to remove that stuff. And he was like, okay, well, I see your point, but decentralized social media is way better. And I said that we agree on. But in all these years, he's never gotten any of that done. So maybe he's just completely ineffective and it was a waste of time for him to even bother at, at Twitter. Maybe we shouldn't give the man the benefit of the doubt because he's never proven anything he's done has was in, in the right direction in terms of helping people on the social media platform. Yeah. I thought Square was pretty cool. I don't know too much about it. His, that other company that he started in 2009, he basically left Twitter in 2010, mm-hmm. resigned as CEO, started Square, which is like a financial app. And then uh, they brought him back for the face game to, to look nice. I would love to interview him. If, yeah. if we could get yeah, him to sit down great. and talk about... I mean, he probably won't be able to even talk about the inner drama that happened with a lot of the bigger uh, players behind Twitter. Because Twitter has a lot of big players. Twitter also has a lot of Saudi Arabian investment. Huh. So there's there's a lot of you know things happening behind the doors that we don't even know about. That I wish I could be a fly on the wall when they're discussing a lot of these issues. But uh, we'll see what he does after this. I mean, I think he's going to be going... Going into the Bitcoin realm, I think it's very easy to say that. He said that before. So it's going to be interesting to see where he goes from here. And, uh, I mean, I would just love to talk to him, to be honest with you. I'm going to DM him right now. Yeah. That would be awesome. Do be it. like, hey, do you want to come and have a conversation about um, what's going on here? We want to give you a, a fair play to address yourself and, and, and talk about your larger projects. I think I would love to question him on a lot of different oh, yeah. stuff. <laughs> but uh, we'll see what he's able to say and, and what he's not able to say. I think all this stuff from this new CT- CEO, the former CTO, I think um, – it really smacks of this rank elitism because talking about how we know it's best for you, just it looks exactly like currently the science community talking about we know it's best for you. And even when people are actively being hurt by some of these things that they're pushing through, they're like, we still know it's best for you. You have no say in your life. You don't know what's right. And Thomas Sowell talks about this too. He talks about how we're entrusting a lot of society to people who pay no price for being wrong. Somebody pointed out on Twitter earlier today, they were like, um, it's really interesting that we locked down that millions of people are like out of work, that people are committing suicide left, right, and center. And the only people who are paying no price for this are the people who put it into place. Like, that doesn't seem right. But this is just just disgusting elitism. I think like, it's someone... Especially com- for the First Amendment. Someone Sorry, commented on my Facebook, because I said something, I don't know what it was about. It was probably about like lockdowns or Australia. And they were just like, I wonder what Occupy Tim would be saying about Tim today. <gasps> he'd probably be he'd probably be saying things like, "Oh, you got really into guns. Everything else seems to be all right, like freedom, liberty, free speech." Like when I was down at Occupy defending people's right to free speech, I'm like, it's for the same reason. I don't agree with their politics, but like by all means, do your protests, complain about the elites. But I bring that up because of what you were saying about the elites. Here we are as a show that gets smeared. Or we get insulted, we get smeared, they claim we're right wing or whatever, which whatever that means. And we're literally like, the 1%, rah, you know, the elites are, are ripping us off. Steve Bannon comes on the show and he's like, you got to tax the rich, man. <laughs> and I was like, Steve, that's a far left position, you know, like, it's not the conservative or, or the right wing that wants to do that. And he's like, well, you know, the, the billionaires are ripping you off. And I'm like, all right, like, <laughs> I'm down. And I think the, the that's the thing about the media. That's why social media decentralization is so important. CNN's going to lie to you. MSNBC is going to lie. MSNBC, boy, do they lie. I mean, come on. Brian Williams. It was Brian Williams, right? He made up that fake story. About being shot at or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're all like, move him to MSNBC because those people don't care if they're lied to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So we need to have a space where we can actually challenge the system. The funny thing about this is 
you know, like I mentioned, here we are challenging and questioning the elites and the establishment. Steve Bannon did the same thing. And there were people watching the show being like, whoa, I didn't know that was Bannon's position because the media had lied so Mm -hmm. much about him saying he was like a white supremacist and a racist and all that stuff. When in reality, he's just a general populist. He's not even, he calls himself far right, but I'm like, you're just a populist. Yeah. Like there's left and right wing positions in what you're saying. It's not even, I'm like, I think one of the things is if with with the left, if we, maybe we should do this. We should invite a leftist populist to come on the show with Steve Bannon so we can hear them say, I agree the entire show and just break the, the, the narrative. Seriously, Kyle Kalinske, you want to come on the show with Steve Bannon? We think, you think, That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah and then I have them that. talk about all the things they agree on and be like, oh, wow, we agree on so much stuff. That sounds wow, interesting. Wow, the media was lying about this. Yeah. I, I wonder if Kyle, I mean, you know, the thing about left populists is they have their own shows to do for the most part. So it's always hard to be like, stop doing your show. Come do my show. But um, I'm sure there are some left populists who would be interested in, in, in coming on and having a conversation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for big tech social media, if it wasn't for the corporate media, we would figure out that we have a lot more in common than we do that's dividing us. I think there is a larger divide and conquer agenda. I think there's even mm-hmm. things made up to divide us, whether it's sex and gender or beliefs or ideologies. I think a lot of it is interjected in a way where it's divisive and it's divisive on purpose. So, of course, we keep fighting each other instead of realizing the larger, bigger players out there who are screwing everyone else over, literally committing one of the largest transfers of wealth in recorded human history, which is ongoing right now because of this pandemic, which of course is creating a new billionaire class that is becoming richer than ever and everyone else is getting screwed over. I had, uh, what was the guy's name who was a part of the Trump administration? Peter Navarro. Uh, yeah, he was yeah. on here. Yeah, he, yeah. Ca- he called me a Bernie supporter. <laughs> Bernie bro. I, I, felt, awesome. I, I felt so, <laughs> so offended. But he, he probably came from that perspective after he heard a lot of my critiques of the kind of ruling establishment because a lot of people correlate the two but you know I'm, it's further from the truth but if I would say on a political spectrum I probably have a lot of issues that a lot of Bernie supporters would probably agree with me on if they were able to hear me out if they were able to talk to me if they were able to have a real honest conversation um, and I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of. They're afraid of people sitting down, having that real conversation, being able to discuss their differences in a way that's peaceful and respectful. Because when you do that, you break down all the things that are, of course, are screwing people over and conning them into this left-right divide and conquer game. I think if we ask Steve Bannon, like if like we got him with Kyle Kalinsky, he'd probably just be like, yes, right off the bat. Yeah, he'd think? probably think it was fun. But I think Kyle would probably be like, let me think about it. Yeah, of course. So I'll just, I, I don't know. And I, I, you know, I think it's maybe because, you know, Bannon, I think is wealthy enough to be like, sure, we'll do it. And Kyle's got to, you know, he's right. got to do a full-time job. He's got to do a yeah. show. But I also, I, I don't think Kyle is the kind of person who would play, you know, stupid games like a lot of, a lot of, you know, grifter types on the left or the right would do. The right always wants to come on for a debate no matter who they are, but a lot of people on the left are worried about cancel culture and stuff. I just want to say this real quick before we go to the next story. Kyle Kalinske, big fan. Come on the show with Steve Bannon. We'll set it up and I think it'll be an awesome conversation and we'll just, we'll, we'll try and we'll, we'll talk through all these issues about where we agree, where we disagree. I think it'll be fascinating. Right, everybody agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that sounds fun. Be fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, Kyle's rad. He had had a tweet where he was like, I just want a Democrat that's not ultra woke and isn't going to, you know, bend up, like bow down to the media. And I'm like, yes, yes. Yes, of course. (laughs) And then someone said, isn't that just Democrat Trump? And I'm like, look. Maybe. You get, if we had, if we had a, a Democrat who wasn't just falling in line with Pelosi and the rest of the party, who actually was like, hey, I'm kind of more to the left than the Republicans, but 
We agree on what the truth is. We think the media is full of it. The ultra woke stuff is crap. I'd be like, all right, you know, here we're, we're getting somewhere. I think Tulsi Gabbard was very yeah. much like that. And they called her right wing. Mm. So now all of a sudden people are tweeting that Kyle Kalinske was turning into Jimmy Dore. What? And I was like, <laughs> I'm, then, then look, if, if Dave Rubin was on the left and now he's on the right and Jimmy Dore was on the left and now he's on the right and Kyle Kalinske is going that direction, maybe you need to start looking at your boot for what the crap really is because mm. it's not other people if you're not smelling it. Yeah. yeah. And they keep attacking people who realize that we have a lot more in common who try to bridge the gaps. A lot of leftists who don't always believe in the cult, don't always drink the Kool-Aid. They're the ones that get attacked the most viciously by their own side. So seeing that happen is is also very frustrating because you see a lot of people play up to the mob and try to be popular and try to play up to their audience members or their comment section. And you should never do that because a lot of it is gamed. A lot of it is manipulated. A lot of it is played to uh, emotionally and uh, mentally control you in so many different ways. Let's talk about the censorship, though, because um, this is this is a really hilarious story mm. from timcats.com youtube censors popular music video mocking fauci as a sad little man i wonder if youtube's gonna get mad about uh this one from for us covering it but uh it's from um uh five times august youtube censored a music video from popular singer songwriter five times august over its criticism of dr anthony fauci no joke that's all the video mm-hmm. is sad little man there's fingers pointing at him he sings a song and they actually take it down mm. Now, the video has been reinstated after public outcry, but is not eligible for monetization because YouTube claims it violates their policy on dangerous and harmful acts. I have a music video that I put out called Will of the People. In it, it shows revolutionaries throwing Molotov cocktails. And it's it's animated, much like this is animated. And there's police fighting with rioters and revolutionaries. And there's literally a scene in it where the main character pulls his gun and points it at the camera and pulls the trigger and then the screen splatters red. And that is monetized, acceptable, because why? I'm not criticizing Dr. Fauci. Mm. Criticizing Dr. Fauci in a music video, and they actually demonetize you? That, to me, is fascinating. They say the animated animated music video for the song, Sad Little Man, does not mention COVID in the lyrics, but takes aim at the authoritarianism and hero worship surrounding the NIAID director. He is portrayed throughout the video as a clown, and at one point burns in heck. Oh, my. Maybe that's the issue they take with it. But they reinstated it because showing a person going to hell, I guess, is a figurative thing, not a literal thing. But either way, this is, this is the censorship. And it's, and it's so, it's so blatant to anybody who pays attention. If you're watching CNN and you've got creepy Cuomo and the brain eating guy, you have no idea what's going on. If you're on YouTube and you're seeing videos pop up, they are desperately trying to stop that. The dislike button, they got rid of it, right? Mm -hmm. The display, you can click the button. But now you can't see how many dislikes a video has. You want to know why that's really dumb? Dislikes are a functional tool to help people understand a video. Mm-hmm. So there's a meme. It was hilarious. It was like YouTube gets rid of dislike counter. And then it said people who make fan trailers that are that are manipulated and fake but claim it's real. And it's all it's a bunch of people cheering and celebrating. Yay, yeah. Yeah. Because you'll search for like this. I, I, this happened to me. I was searching for the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. And I see all these videos popping up with millions of views, says no way home official, no way home official. And you can't see the dislike button on, uh-huh. anymore on YouTube. So you click it. And before you'd see a huge dislike and you'd be like, okay, it's fake. Right. Everyone's saying, no, 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 it's fake. And that's how you knew. Now it's just like, okay, it seems real. It seems real. And then halfway in, there's Matt Murdock. And I'm like, and it's not real. And I just oh, wasted great. a minute. This is not the trailer <laughs> for the movie. So this is it. They want to get rid of the dislike button because people were going after Joe Biden and the Democrats in the White House disliking it. And that shows people you're not alone. Mm. They want to go after videos like this. Now, 
You can't tell the difference between sad little man, which is mocking Fauci with massive upvotes, and then a statement from Fauci with massive downvotes, because you can't see which one people hate. Hmm. They don't want you to be able to understand where the general population is. So this is something I talked about at the event, because I was like, you know, I feel like having this many people in one room at one time is really encouraging for people because it does show that you're not alone. And the mainstream media 100% wants you to believe that you are off the reservation, that you're losing your mind, and that you are like, they just want to be able to gaslight you, basically. So I think this is a, an example of that, because if you are the only person who, so people started to say, you know, we're just going to comment dislike, and then people can upvote that comment, and then people will be able to, I, I, people are very creative, and I don't see this being the end of the world as far as YouTube goes, but it is a huge problem because tons of people use tons of tutorials and they want to know the actual truth and what people are really Fauci worship yes that's 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 the important thing here it's that you criticize Fauci and the cult goes nuts Mm -hmm. the first thing they do is they took the video down how dare you question Fauci he's science there's a video going around of um, Jim Brewer and it's actually pretty funny I'm not going to pretend like it's the funniest thing in the world but Jim Brewer is a funny like you know character kind of a comedian and he was making fun of people as parrots who just walk around parroting what they hear and like, mm, Dr. Fauci, get your shot, get your shot, two <laughs> shots, two shots. And I was chuckling, but they were like on Reddit, they were so angry. Okay. They were like, this isn't comedy. This is so dumb. And I'm like, man, they really hate it when you say Fauci is stupid. Mm. Like they really lose it. Or, you know, does horrible experiments on little monkeys and little helpless puppies. But we're going to get into that in just a little bit. But getting rid of the dislike button, I mean, who does that really help? I mean, it helps a lot of scammers. It helps a lot of con artists. Even if you're going to how-to videos, right? How do you know if something really is going to teach you how to do something rather than, of course, scam you, waste your time, or do a thing improperly? Well, you can't anymore. So I I remember seeing that and saying this only helps out scammers. And I'm like, yes, exactly. It helps out the the White House and Dr. Fauci, the biggest yeah. scammers of all, who, of course, are, are lying to the American people so much. I've seen people, you know, with the dislike button gone, uh, type in comments, dislike, and that get a lot of yeah, votes, yeah, yeah. and people just commenting dislike, dislike, dislike. But but still, it, it sucks that this voice has been taken away because Netflix made a similar move a couple of years ago, and I remember being able to gauge if a Netflix series or movie was good just by the ratings. It was, uh, I think it was one out of 100 Amy Schumer <laughs> uh, broke it and <laughs> yeah. uh, literally Netflix got rid of the system figuratively, not just her physical <laughs> size. But th- that's beyond the, the, the point here. And, th- and they got rid of it because it, it broke the paradigms of, of what they wanted to be approved. Again, mm-hmm. Netflix has a long history with a lot of psychological manipulators. Uh, uh, that's a whole different topic to get into. But uh, I mean, well, what is it with Dr. Fauci? I mean, is is he really like this cult-like uh, lord, godlike? Figure, I Bro, mean, he's, they call yeah. it the Fauci ouchie. Yeah. What's yeah. wrong with it's, these it's, people? It's weird how this cult developed around a guy. There's a, there's photos going around of protests from 30 years ago that say Fauci lied and people died. Yep, mm. and it was because of the you know the AIDS epidemic and all that stuff. And Fauci's been around long enough that people have hated him for for generations. But somehow, I posted I posted this on Instagram. Actually, let me see if I can try and pull it up on Instagram. Let me see if I can. I can. Uh oh. What? Instagram error? What are you oh, doing? There's an error. No more Instagram. Bye. No more Instagram. Interesting. That's weird. Okay. Instagram's not Never coming up. Then. Let's try this again. Uh, so there's a meme about the left. Okay. This is weird. I think I got it right here. I just had to go in a different <laughs> way. Okay. I don't know. Huh. Weird. Here we go. All right. We got the meme. Yeah. It says old left versus modern left. Hmm. On the left in the image, you can see an old hippie Volkswagen and it says, 
you know, uh, no CIA, free speech, free love, resist authority, screw the establishment. <laughs> and then the right is a big SUV that says, do what you're told, mask up, heart the CDC, obey the establishment, no free speech. Huh. Nice. 30 years ago, they said Fauci was bad. Mm. Now the left, they're all coming out and they're like, oh, Fauci. And they're doing that thing. Remember that dance they did where they spun and then the big Fauci face popped up? <sighs> oh, no. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Look, look, look. I can understand. If you're like, hey, man, we want everyone to get vaccinated and we think we got to work together to end the pandemic. I'm like, OK, I get it. You know, you know, some people have different tolerances. I personally believe in freedom, but there's a political argument there. But when you start pulling up gigantic, you know, blankets that are huge portraits of Fauci in the mm. street as you sing and dance, I'm like, yo, you're in a cult. Yeah. And then and then these people are like, no, Donald Trump, Trump is the cult. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know about all that because I'm not waving MAGA flags or anything. All I know is. Y'all have a giant photo of Fauci spinning in the street, and it's weird. <laughs> the thing is about the Trump stuff, we went to a bar, and they had that pic- that meme picture of Trump on the tank. And I'm like, it's it's purposefully ridiculous. Right. These people are self-aware that it's like, I love it when um, Ben Garrison would make comics about oh Trump. Gosh. He'd always be ripped. Incredible. <laughs> like, I'll admit, some some people absolutely are in that Trump cult. No joke, but they're not institutionally powerful. This is like mainstream corporate television late night shows with giant Fauci banners singing and dancing on that stuff. You're not going to get that from mainstream libertarians, independents, or conservatives. Mm. They are legit in a cult. Fauci, of course with a portrait of himself in yes. his own office. What was that? <laughs> uh, to be fair, Joe Rogan brought up a really good point. He was like, I don't know, his daughter maybe painted it for him. Maybe. And I was like, that's ah, actually a really good point. That does make sense. Like if your kid painted a portrait of you, you'd hang it up. Not because it's you, because your kid made it for you. Yeah. But, but, a little but, vain. Uh, no, 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 I want to say. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Because yeah. that, someone sent us a picture of me and someone who works here put it up. And I think it's kind of weird. I'm like, ah, it's a picture of me. It's my face, drew. why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but people, but, someone who works here put it up. Yeah, yeah. But let me just say, let me say. I will not give Fauci the benefit of the doubt mm. for hanging up a portrait of himself in his own office mm. that he works beneath. Fauci seems like the kind of guy who instructed someone to paint a portrait of himself <laughs> to put in yep. his office. You know what I mean? And to make immaculate and perfect. And if there was an imperfection, he would whip the poor <laughs> painter immediately who like, didn't get like his likeness perfectly. A painting of myself in my office. And don't spill any paint droplets. Otherwise, <laughs> you'll ruin my work. Amazing. And it's, it's not just paintings. It's candles. It's Christmas decorations. There's there's yeah. it's people getting tattoos. It's idol worship. It's absolutely Yo, insane. I got one of those. You know those candles of like Mary candles? and Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Same. What are they called? Votive candles. Votive candles. We, yeah. we, someone brought one over with Fauci's head yeah, on it. And Como. And Como. <laughs> Como was also loved and, and adored by the media, Homosexual, just like Fauci yeah. was. And, and again, you know, you can't give these people the benefit of the doubt because of their behavior, their real life behavior. Like Dr. Fauci in his real life, I mean, Justin, you, you should talk about this yeah. in a little huh. bit, is not a great person, especially with the actions that caused a lot of animal harm and human harm. But, but more importantly here, he's publicly talking like he's God, like well, well, he's science. Let's- if you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 
Let's, yeah. yeah, let's get into the story. We have this one from Timcast. Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, fire back at Fauci over smug claim that he represents science. It's not the first time Fauci has done this. Hmm. And at what point do regular people just say, yo, this guy's kind of an ego maniac? Yes. He's like, I'm the science. Okay, well, from TimCast.com, an interview with the fate, with Face the Nation over the weekend, Fauci said, they're really criticizing science because I represent science, that's dangerous. Mm. My favorite thing about the current state of the, the modern left is the um, we believe in science people. And it's like, you know, I think Luke, you have a shirt that says that. Yes. If, it, if you question it, it's science. If you can't, it's propaganda. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a really, that's it right there, concise and to the point. Science is literally questionable. Science is literally to be criticized. If someone comes out and says, I'm a scientist, I say, okay. And they go, you can't criticize me. And I'll say, then you're not a scientist. Because mm-hmm. scientists actually welcome challenges to their ideas to try and better understand things. Fauci is not that. Responding to Fauci's claim on Twitter, Senator Paul wrote, the absolute hubris mm. of someone claiming they represent science, it's astounding and alarming that a public health bureaucrat would even think to claim such a thing, especially one who has worked so hard to ignore the science of natural immunity. Well, I'll tell you this. Fauci does represent science, not all science, but he certainly represents gain of function research, reckless and unethical and amoral experimentation to make chimeric COVID uh, SARS viruses, not COVID. Well, no, he changed the definition of gain of function. So because he is science, he is science. So he changed the definition of gain of function. So now it's not gain of function because he says so. Mm -hmm. That would be that would be like a funny, you know, cartoon where it's like. The first humans discover science. They, like, they're digging in a hole and they find like a book. And then all of a sudden, once they come to the realization of science, Fauci just manifests in midair. <laughs> and he's like, I am born. I am science. Yeah, and now like yeah. we don't realize he's actually like a 50,000-year-old yeah. manifestation of science itself. And we're criticizing him. How dare, <laughs> How dare we? we? Yeah, that makes sense. But it's, it's crazy. I mean, his comments it, talking about how he's science, how he represents everything that has to do with science, and people who criticize him are creating damage to society by criticizing him and science. I mean, are you kidding? What kind of egomaniac do you have to be to say anyone holding me accountable, anyone mm-hmm. criticizing me of my decisions is harming everyone else? That's an absolutely just totally insane thought that – people shouldn't have and it's because he's been glorified he has so much smoke up his family-friendly show took us that that (laughs) i'm surprised he's not flying in midair i mean this man had the mainstream corporate media adore him and he's only doing interviews with people who don't question Mm. him people who adore him people who of course live off every word like it's gospel and he also brought up january 6th which was interesting because he said oh ted cruz wants me arrested and then he like said oh yeah what about january 6th and he made this like weird slithering mouth slithering tape I released a video of that just on replay like 10 times uh, because it's just so awkward and weird huh. with him getting so giddy about it, the no, idea of January 6th. No, it was yeah. it was like it was desperation. Mm. Yeah. So he gets asked by the interviewer. She's like, you know, Ted Cruz says you should be prosecuted. He goes, oh, I, <laughs> I, should, I should be prosecuted. <laughs> Senator, tell me about January 6th. And I was watching that, and I was like, I don't know what about it. Like, Ted Cruz was sitting in the chambers, apparently being threatened by an angry mob. (laughs) So are you saying other people were threatening Ted Cruz? Because Ted Cruz was, like, in there, you know, talking, and then had to be evacuated with everybody else. Was that that it? Like, is that Fauci's play? Like, well, Trump and January 6th. (laughs) 
It's like, yeah, well, I don't think Ted Cruz had anything to do yeah. with that. So your point? Yeah. yeah. But let's not forget, this man also lied about so many aspects of what was happening here. He changed his mind. He keeps continuing to flip-flop without any dose of kind of reality of saying, hey, I made a mistake here. Has he ever done that? He Has, has he ever came out and said, hey, I, I was wrong before? Um, I, this is my admission. I haven't seen one. Uh, he hasn't been talking about a lot of the other important stuff that a lot of other medical professionals have been talking about all around the world. So, I mean, how far does this go back? I mean, uh, Justin, I think, I think you would know more about this. Like, how far has he been calling the shots in a way where it's kind of been affecting people and animals in, in, in such a disastrous way? Well, I mean, it goes back 40 years from, you know, where my interest is as taxpayer-funded animal experimentation. I mean, Fauci ushered in the modern era of uh, experimenting on primates, particularly mm-hmm. chimpanzees. I mean, he was the biggest champion of that. He created a massive colony of chimps that he was infecting with HIV back in the late 80s and early 90s, saying that this was going to be the silver bullet for AIDS vaccine, that we just had to in- infect enough chimps with HIV. Well, it turns out they don't get AIDS. A couple have gotten AIDS. They didn't get sick. It was a complete failure. He never acknowledged that, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended up with these chimps who were just warehoused for decades and abused because Fauci had created this problem. Um, but he, we don't have an HIV and AIDS vaccine mm-hmm. after 40 years of Fauci promising one year after year. I mean, they're still doing experiments on primates now for HIV AIDS, promising every year, oh, we have a breakthrough. Here's the vaccine that's going to, you know, that's going to protect everyone. We still don't have one. Um, and that's aside, I mean, 40 years, that's aside from what he's doing now to dogs and primates like Tim Cass has been covering with Monkey Island. Yeah, we'll get into Monkey Island you know. in a second. But oh. also, you know, I'd like to say about, uh, Fauci, and the, you know, you made a great point, Luke, about the media feeding his ego. I mean, I was doing an interview with the Washington Post a few weeks ago. They were working on a hit piece about us because we've been criticizing Fauci, and they straight up asked me, "Do you think you don't you think you criticizing Fauci for paying for the torture of dogs is hurting his ability to do COVID response?" What? Those two things are completely How? unrelated. What did, what did you say? I said, I don't know if anyone not getting wearing a mask or getting a vaccine because we're criticizing him for torturing dogs, hmm. and they seem shocked about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would just, you know, it's it's an, it's an absurd question. It's like uh, Fauci's the head of the NIAID. He funds a lot of research beyond all of this. Yeah. Like what? Okay. Can you can, can you? I, I'm I'm asking this uh, li- like literally. Yeah. Can you name something the NIAID funds that's not gain of function and not animal research? It's hard. I mean, they probably fund more animal research than any other agency inside well, the, the NIH. The, the yeah. reason I yeah. ask is yeah. uh, there certainly are things that are funded that yeah. aren't gain-of-function yeah. and that aren't animal research. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you know. I know your specialty is specifically on yeah. the animal stuff. But for someone to ask you, like, aren't you concerned you criticizing Fauci over animal research is hurting his ability to work on COVID? And it's like, I don't know, is it hurting his ability to develop, like, you know uh, – something like to do other research on other 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 areas like does it does, is it affecting his plant research yeah. yeah is it affecting his fish research I, I look if if fauci is doing research on like you know viruses and biology and plants why aren't you asking me that question oh oh no what about crop yield you're coming and talking about covid i get it it's it's but fauci is the head of an entire you know a, a, this department so see so of course I guess, you know, criticizing him in one area will have an impact on everything he does. If they want to give him credit for all of the great that they say he's doing, then he also has to accept blame for the evil that's happening under his watch also. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's just the reality of it. But they don't want to accept that. Instead, they want to try to delegitimize the critics, which is what they, they've been trying to do to us. And it, it's 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 a stupid argument. I mean, I understand that a lot of people on the right will certainly 
be like, wow, Fauci's a bad dude when they see him doing bad things. But I think that's independent. It's in, in and of itself. If Fauci does bad things, you call him out for it. If people right now are really concerned about Fauci because of the gain of function research and the lying to Congress mm-hmm. over and over again, then I think people have a reason to be like, what other bad things has this guy done? Hey, that sounds really bad too. Here's the other thing. You know, we talk a lot about animal research, but like, I, I don't know, there, there's probably a whole bunch of other stuff I can't even think yeah. of. Well, or I, They probably do a ton of really awful, crazy stuff. I'm seeing one article here by NPR that talks about how NIH tested AIDS drugs on foster children. Uh, and this what? is NPR, May 27th, 2005. NIH tested AIDS drugs on foster children. Whoa. And a lot of people are saying that Dr. Fauci was the one responsible behind that. Um, allegedly online. So uh, I'm seeing a lot of talk about this as well. Have you seen anything? Uh, yeah, I've seen lines? that. Uh, oh, yeah, we got it. Here it is yeah, from NPR. Is. Holy cow. NA, NIH tested AIDS drugs on foster children. So, you know, this, these are big stories that a lot of people don't really recognize. In the 80s and 90s. That was Fauci, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So wow. it's not just animals. It's not just monkeys. It's It's not just, you know. Uh, uh, there's there's so much to get into, especially when it comes to the, the kind of effects that is all being done in the name of helping people that really boggles oh, a lot of people's minds. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, let me read this. It's from oh, CBS boy. News. The research funded by the NIH spanned the country. It was most widespread in the 90s as foster care agencies sought treatments for HIV-infected children that weren't available in the marketplace. The practice ensured that foster children, mostly poor or minority received care from world-class researchers at government expense, slowing their rate of death and extending their lives. But it also exposed a vulnerable population to the risks of medical research and drugs that were known to have serious side effects in adults and for which the safety of children was unknown. Yep. I love that really warm thing. It's like we were experimenting on yeah. children, yeah. and it was world-class experimentation. Well, Thanks, they, Doctor. Yeah, they huh. didn't have any adult advocates, so they you know tested them, which is just mind-boggling and, and should, of course, raise a lot of concerns. This should be a bigger story. A lot of people oh, should dude, understand dude, dude. this, wow. and they're not. No, no. I'm sorry. In one study, researchers reported a disturbing higher death rate among children who took higher doses of a drug. Oh, that study was unable to determine a safe and effective dosage. Yo, they straight up killed kids. Oh, my that's, god! That's what it's saying. It, yeah. The drugs they gave them resulted in a higher death rate. Yeah, all in the name of Dr. Fauci conducting his scientific experiments. Yo, here's your answer from now on yep. if you ever ask anything like yeah. that. Yeah. If they're like, are you concerned you're hurting his work on, you know, uh, treating COVID? And be like, well, I mean, if it's also hurting his work on, say, giving dangerous experimental AIDS drugs to children that results in a high rate of death, it's probably a good thing. To foster children and yeah. orphans who don't yeah. have any adult representation. Minorities. No. no. Minor- so uh, Fauci is a white supremacist. Indeed. Yeah. Looks like kids, Fauci kids can't give consent. That's true. I mean, yeah, yep. that's true. Gave foster kids who can't consent drugs that result in a higher rate of death, and they were minority children because Fauci is a white supremacist. Yeah, that's something that the Democrats and a lot of power establishments can't get through their heads. That one particular phrase, kids can't consent. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I got a lot more to say that uh, about that when it comes to the Maxwell. Some thing. foster children later, died but. during studies, but state or city agencies said they could find no records that any deaths were directly caused by experimental treatments. What? Yeah. Did you ever look into that, Justin? Or uh, not that specifically, but I mean, we deal with the same. I mean, we also deal with the same crappy reporting <laughs> that we're seeing here, where everything is cushioned with some lovely phrase yep. about how well-meaning. The NIH is, but then we killed kids. I mean, wow. the, the, the Fauci recently paid for dogs to have their vocal cords cut so they couldn't bark in the lab. 
And then the sentence after that was, well, it was a little too loud. They don't want to hurt the eardrums of the experimenters. In the uh, that, that famous, the, the big story that went viral, the Beagle story, yeah. they had the Beagles, their heads in boxes with, what are they, sand flies or something? Yeah. And they had to snip the vocal cords of the dogs because the, the agony the dogs were in, they'd be screaming and writhing. So they're like, eh, just snip their vocal cords so we can't hear it. Yeah. Make it all go away. There's a, uh, a short film. A series of short films put out by Neil Blomkamp, I think his name is. And uh, one of the first one is about like aliens come to Earth and just start harvesting cities and building up and terraforming and they treat humans like cattle or whatever. And it just shows like how they experiment on humans. There was, it was an idea I had a long time ago about like if an advanced species came here, how would they treat us? The funny thing is my, my initial idea was like aliens come to earth. They slice buildings in half and rip the copper wiring out and just harvest it like we would a tree or any other mineral. And then I realized that um, it doesn't need to be aliens when people do it. Hmm. It doesn't need to be aliens doing this stuff when the, the, the billionaire elites, the, the, the political class treat human beings like cattle, like chickens, you know, in a chicken coop. Mm-hmm. Humans do it to each other. Let's 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 talk about what uh, what Dr. Fauci is doing here with the story we've had from Timcast. The story actually went up earlier this month, a couple weeks ago. Mm. Exclusive Fauci's NIAID funding island of monkeys in South Carolina used for horrific maximum pain experiments. It's a report by Cassandra Fairbanks with sourcing from White Coat Waste Project. Mm. Dr. Anthony Fauci and the National Institutes of Health are using an island off the coast of South Carolina to breed monkeys for use in horrific maximum pain animal experimentation. And I must state, I hate doing this, but I had to remove the images from the article because I can't show them on YouTube Mm. because they're graphic. But this is what Fauci's NIAID is funding. And I have to wonder why it is. So do you want to break down for us what this this primate island stuff is? What is Fauci doing? Sure. So this is, it's called Morgan Island. It's off the coast of South Carolina. There's in fiscal year 20, there was 3,521 monkeys on this island. And each year they take about five or 600 of them into Fauci's labs. Fauci owns the monkeys. Fauci's division owns these 3,500 monkeys. Now, hold on. Is this Fauci, like, as an individual... Pointing the finger and saying, I want these monkeys moved. Or is it like him signing off on a grant and then throwing it into a pile? Um, it's unclear. We have FOIA requests in to see what his degree of knowledge is about this directly. But it's been in the news a lot over the years, the fact that this place exists. Um, he probably knows about it. It's a big program of theirs. It's where they but get I mean, most of their monkeys. He's yeah. signing off on the grants to run this yeah. stuff as the director. Yeah, that's right. So it'll be interesting to find out to what degree of his involvement is. But uh, yeah, carry on. Yeah. Tell me what's going on. Um, so they take about five or 600 of these monkeys off the island each year, bring them to the labs in Bethesda in Maryland, um, and then they expose them to infectious diseases, uh, including COVID, uh, including HIV AIDS, including Nipah virus, Lhasa, lots of, lots of illnesses that no one in the United States has ever gotten. Um, and that sounds, then, that sounds really dangerous. It's dangerous, and it's also, is that how the NIH should be spending our money huh. on, you know, when there's plenty of neglected diseases that are hurting people? I mean, our position is that the taxpayer should not be funding any of this all at all, and the private sector should fund it if it's so important. Yeah. Um, so these experiments involve, you know, creating diseases that are causing monkeys pain, hemorrhaging, multi-organ failure, um, brain damage, and then they completely withhold any pain relief because they don't want it to interfere with their experiment that's looking at how these diseases progress. So some of these experiments are just to see what happens when you create a monkey model of these horrible infectious diseases. And then, so that's, we call them maximum pain experiments because they're 
classified as causing significant pain and distress and then intentionally withholding the pain relief and just watching these monkeys slowly die or quickly die, depending on why, why. So they're doing it because they're like, we want to know what happens with this disease. We want yeah. to see how it reminds me of uh, I don't want to you know equate humans and animals to, to a great degree. I certainly think primates as you know, a higher intelligent species. There's degrees to which we're willing to tolerate torture of animals and experimentation. But it does remind me um well, I'll, I'll start here for, uh, first. I was just saying how elites treat us like chicken, like cattle, like, mm-hmm. like you know, just fodder. And we had, uh, what was it, Unit uh, unit 731? 741? Yeah, I 741. can never remember 741. Do you know the Japanese ex- experimental unit, World War II? Yeah. They would take, their, like one, one example is they took a person and they stuck their hand in like sub-zero temperatures. Mm. So it would freeze and they shattered it to see what would happen. <sighs> and then you had the Nazi scientists. Yeah. They, were, they were basically, I, I wonder what will happen if I do this to a person. Now, interestingly, they say that we a lot of the, a lot of the stuff we know about frostbite comes from mm. these inhumane human experiment experiments, and I'm like, you know, at a certain point, my attitude towards freezing to death and losing limbs is kind of like we know you'll lose your limb and you'll freeze to death if you uh, are exposed. And how about we, rec- we 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 just have to reconcile the fact that our knowledge of hypothermia must come through uh, emergency accidents, mm. like. If you want to learn about frostbite, it's going to be due to the fact that someone got lost in the cold and you're bringing them into the hospital to save them and yeah. watching what's happening, not subjecting them to these experiments. In this case, maybe pro- maybe scientific progress shouldn't be sped up by the fact that we're taking primates that we bring on an island to basically torture just to see what happens. And the point is, is it's not sped up by doing this, right? Mm-hmm. So our, our name, you know, white coat refers to the experimenters in their white lab coats. And then waste is a reference to the fact that the NIH on its own website admits that nine out of 10 drugs that pass animal tests fail in human beings because they don't work or they're dangerous. So we have $20 billion a year spent on animal experimentation. We know that it's failing 90 to 95 to Alzheimer's, for example, Alzheimer's drugs over 99% failure rate. Mm. Um, so it's an incredible waste of money. There's, there's very little return on investment for taxpayers, which is why we think that if this stuff is so important, let the Gates Foundation fund it. But we know that there are not private foundations that are going to fund a lot of this stuff because it's completely wasteful. It's irrelevant, uh, and it's not going to help anybody. And what is it, just lining people's pockets with gold? Oh, yeah, it's big money. Yeah. I mean, universities are taking 25% off the top just for administrative fees, and then you've got experimenters driving nice cars and living in gated communities, and it's it's big business. You've got the companies that make the cages, that breed the animals, that, you know, there's a company that runs Monkey Island, and right. they have a $13.5 million contract. So we went and saw Ghostbusters Afterlife. Thought it was fantastic. Great movie. And then um, the next day I was like, oh, let's watch the original Ghostbusters. The original Ghostbusters is about three university professors who are op- doing paranormal research operating off a grant. And then the dean comes in and says, we're shutting down your grant. And all of a sudden they're like, what do we do? There's a scene where Dan Aykroyd is talking to Bill Murray and he says, you don't know what it's like in the private sector. Out there, they demand results. In here, you get grant money. You sit around and do nothing. Yep. And I, I, I reminded of that because that's it. Yeah. There are people who are probably sitting there and their, their, their field of research is, you know, um, nerves and like pain and stuff like that. And they're like, I don't know what to research. Let's just get a bunch of badgers and beat them or something. Yeah. I don't know. And then they get a grant and then they get hundreds of thousands of dollars to the grant. The university gets their cut. They get paid a six-figure salary. They get to drive their nice car in their gated community. And just like, hey, we hit a gopher with a hammer and it died. <laughs> That's what we learned. Oh my 
I mean, I'm obviously exaggerating, but you're not that far. You're not that far. Not off, that far though. off. No, I mean, these universities are corrupt, man. Yeah, I mean, we're sh- we're we're paying for monkeys to get addicted to nicotine and crack and cocaine at some le- at universities. <laughs> I mean, that's really happening. Somebody was like, uh, "I uh, will take monkeys and give them uh, crack." Yes. And then a the guy was like, done. Stamps it, signs over the grant. Where does the grant come from? The government? It's taxpayer funded? All of this is taxpayer funded. You got rodents smoking jewels. You've got, uh, what, jewels? Like, like, like vape? vaping. The douche flutes. Vaping. Yeah. They got, wait, 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 rodents vaping. Vaping. They build, I... they build special vaping chambers just for mice and rats. <laughs> and then they put literal jewels, not some lab created off brand I actually use jewel brand can you just imagine being like a researcher and you're like at a party and you've got like your elbow patches or whatever and there's like you're this dude and this hot chick's like so what do you do it's like I give vapes to rats (laughs) (laughs) like wait what yeah we have rats they vape and she's like what it's my job yeah we 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 have uh, rats vape She'll be like that's a really weird job I really doubt there's a like these guys like are do they lie about their jobs? Because I can't imagine that impresses anybody. Like, they're at their high school reunion, and one guy's like, you know, I was a captain of the high school football team, and I'm actually coaching a college, you know, a small college in, you know, Missouri. And it's like, oh, wow, that's, that's actually pretty good. One guy's like, I'm actually, a, you know, a senior vice president of marketing firm. Wow, and what about you? I give vapes to rats. <laughs> it's like, well, uh-huh. So this is a classic case of... Um the supply exceeding the demand or whatever, you know, it's a little bit like racism. They're looking for it everywhere. They can't find it. They have to make it up. If you give people a bunch of money, like literally unlimited money for grants for this nonsense, they're going to do stuff like see if rats know how to vape and they'll uh, <laughs> spend a bunch of money on it. I don't yeah. know why. That one to me is just like, I'm just imagining South Park doing a, a, a bit about like a rat walking up and just vaping because it's like, the, <laughs> it's, the per- it's the perfect real world scenario that's right for parody and it's pure absurdity. Like, why are we doing that? People, humans are vaping. We can ask them to come into the university and we have them answer questions and then do a physical and we have data on people. Yeah. yeah. And we know that, you know, for years the connection between cancer and smoking cigarettes was obscured because the tobacco companies were relying on animal research and they're saying, oh no, it's fine. Animals don't get sick from smoking cigarettes. And now we're doing this, making the same mistake over again. Mistake? Or intentional. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta yeah. do more aspartame yeah. research too. It's, I, I don't know, Donald Rumsfeld's favorite, uh, uh, particle. But J- Justin, yeah. how, how much is this, uh, how much of this is scientific research? How much of this is just cruelty? I mean, I, I'd argue that all, it, it ranges from the stupid to the sadistic, right? So what's mm-hmm. happening on Monkey Island, I think most people think is sick and shouldn't be happening. And then you have, uh, last week with Senator Joni Ernst for Thanksgiving, we highlighted putting turkeys on treadmills, mm. which was taxpayer funded. <laughs> wait, wait, why? To see if domestic turkeys uh, ran faster than wild turkeys. Why do we need to know? Do they? Why, do, why is that? I don't remember. I question. Now, we got a very serious threat from China. And if we're talking, you know, like land ground combat and like a land war in Asia, Maybe we need to understand which turkeys can carry the the weaponry into the field, either for combat or to bring supplies. Hey, maybe we get a turkey and we put a first aid kit on and we let them loose. Mm, cybernetic. <laughs> and we're gonna yeah, cyber, yeah. and yeah. we need to know which turkey is gonna run faster. Thinking the long game. I like. I got. I got to I have no. Uh, um, it may just be. Uh, let me put it this way: There's probably some turkey researcher who's sitting in his office right now smoking a cigar and going like, these idiots. Yes, have no definitely. idea. And he's got like this top secret document about like turkey research. Yeah. And he's discovered something in turkey muscle cells. Yeah. It's possible we just don't understand something about turkeys on treadmills. But I think they need to justify that. 
Like they need they need to explain the goal of letting us understand why a turkey runs faster than another turkey. Because I got to be honest, I got a four ten for turkey hunting, <laughs> and I don't think it matters how fast a turkey runs. You it's leave not going to run faster than the. They're like the research is completed, <laughs> and now we're including a warning label on all four ten turkey load that says <laughs> leave the target slightly more if it's a wild turkey compared to a domestic release turkey. <laughs> That's what it's for. Yep, yep. Like it's paid for by gun companies <laughs> for hunting, <laughs> and that would be fine. Let them pay for it. Let the poultry right, right. producers pay for it to see who the fastest turkey is. Right. Um, but it's, should pack like, bears be faint? There's like, you know? the research is because some dude has like underground turkey races. <laughs> He's using government funding yeah. to try and get an edge against the, fighting, yeah. he like flies to Mexico and they're like, run, vamos, vamos. And the turkeys are running. Tactical, I can't imagine. Tactical like turkeys. Yeah. Uh, uh, Justin, did you see any of these papers and, and think, hey, this actually does make sense. I actually do want to know about this. This actually does benefit humanity. Did you ever see uh, any of those particular studies yourself? Um, sure, I've seen interesting questions that have been asked, um, but the, the question for me then comes back to what is the cost to animals, uh, which I'm concerned about, and then what is the cost to taxpayers? Is this something we should we should bear, be bearing the burden of, especially when we know how inefficient it is? And you know, to go back to your point about uh, university research versus private research, I mean, there's no incentive in taxpayer-funded animal research to innovate. Or to solve a problem, because the second you solve the problem, the money gets cut off. Mm-hmm. So the actually the incentive is to keep going and going and going and not solve the problem and just tinker until you retire. That's how the government works. Yeah, and that's does. how big pharma works and the prison yeah. industrial complex and the military industrial complex yeah, so and all the other yeah. the large it's how industrial complex work. Yeah. It's yeah, uh, most yeah. nonprofits yeah. like they don't want to solve their Colleges, problems. Yeah. 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 Because then they they go out of business. Yeah. yeah. But that's why I think, you know, a lot of this research is just a guy sitting there being like, I need a proposal, otherwise I'm broke, so let me just write up whatever I can and, you know, get it approved. And, I mean, to your point that you made earlier, I mean, some of it, you know, you asked about the point of some of this. I mean, some of it is just tinkering at great expense to humanity, like gain of function, where you're just trying to take a naturally occurring virus and see if you can make it more dangerous. It seems like a lot of the gain of function stuff was literally just, we need something. Because you, you either, you either can, you look, uh, you look at their official explanation. Oh, we did gain of function so that in the event this virus emerged, we'd have a vaccine for it. We could research it. And it's like, what are the, what's the likelihood of a virus like that would emerge? Are you literally going to make 50 billion different viruses hoping that one of them, that, that's ridiculous. So then it just sounds like they're either trying to weaponize it or they're just bored and like, I'll do whatever if you give me a grant, I guess. Considering how Fauci circumvented the ban, and like change the definition, definitions yeah. and try to weasel his way through this sounds more like they were just trying to make weapons. It could be. I mean, EcoHealth Alliance, the intermediary, the nonprofit that was taking the money and sending it to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It's a U.S. nonprofit, and actually, uh, White Coat Waste was the group that we exposed the link between the NIH and the Wuhan Institute of Virology that that money was passing through. Um, they were also applying for money from DARPA for the DO, from the DOD to do gain-of-function research, and DARPA denied them, saying this was too dangerous, and they hadn't taken proper precautions to protect against a, causing a pandemic. Yeah. So going to China with very lax safety protocols and the mm-hmm. Chinese government looking over the, the shoulders of every scientist there is definitely the smart, reasonable thing to do by, of course, Mr. Science Man and Peter Daszak. Peter Daszak, the bat lady, I mean, when you delve into and do research into them, Holy cow, you find out a lot of, quote, very interesting stuff that we can't even get into on this show. But when you really look into these people, 
all the warning signs are there on the wall. I mean, I don't know how much research you've done into those individuals oh, as yeah. well. Uh, but, but is there anything you could say, uh, personally yourself from your research about what they have been up to, what they have been involved in? I mean, Peter Daszak has connections to the Chinese Communist Party going back decades. Yep. Literally. Yep. He's a darling of theirs, which is why they gave him access, which is why they let him in there, which is why they took his money. And which is why they let him come in and do gain of function experiments that maybe could be used for whatever purposes that they could use that a military or a rising power that wants to challenge an existing power might potentially use. Again, we're getting into the hypothetical here. Um, we're speculating a little bit, which we need to talk about clearly, but. Uh, with the information that we got, I don't think it's too far of a stretch to uh, exhibit some of those ideas or to examine some of those ideas under a critical point of view. Um, I'm, I'm speaking, of course, very um, Well, listen, I think it, it's, it would be naive to ignore the fact that the Wuhan Institute of Virology is run by the Communist Party and that it has ties to the PLA. It doesn't mean that what they were doing was intended to be weaponized mm -hmm. necessarily, yeah. but what they were doing was incredibly dangerous. And something that we wouldn't allow to be done here. Yeah. And that the Chinese Communist Party is bending over backwards to cover up. And, you know, they've deleted the database with their, their virus database that might lead us to whether they had a virus that was like the COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, they deleted that in September 2019. P the researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology got sick with COVID-like symptoms in November 2019. Mm -hmm. The wife of a researcher at the Wuhan Institute of Virology died apparently in December 2019. Jeez. Before all of that, at the, the Wuhan military games, that was apparently one of the original super spreader events. So everything points to the fact that this laboratory is at the epicenter of the pandemic here. And there's literally no evidence that this thing came out of nature naturally other than the fact that other pandemics have started that way. And there, there, there have been... So the, the challenge is, if you're a layman, you're reading the news, there are reports, they do say that the wet market natural emergence theory makes the most sense. But I think, uh, I'll just throw it to Jon Stewart on Colbert's show, when he was like, you have the Wuhan lab that does experiments on SARS viruses, and then a SARS virus emerges just out, just, you know, on the, across the street from the Wuhan lab, and they say the, the virus may have originated, you know, a thousand, a thousand miles away or something. It's like, Jon Stewart was a little more exuberant in yeah. his presentation of this. But the way I describe it is it's like you find, you know, somebody laying on the ground face down with, you know, a, a, a bruise on the back of their head and someone standing over them holding a bat. And you're going to be like, hmm, there's no evidence to suggest this person hit this other person. So I don't know. It's just speculation, guys. The best theory is the guy just fell down. Yeah. <laughs> Walking and he fell down yeah, yeah. and that's it. It's like, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's fair to speculate. Can we go look at the cameras? Oh, I'm sorry. The cameras have all been deleted and destroyed. Uh -huh. Oh, about that. And the guy who was leading the investigation is actually friends with the guy with the baseball bet. That's oh, crazy. He's funded. Okay, so we got a problem. And here, he's censoring we? all the information about this entire incident and how it unfolded? Huh, interesting. It's, 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 it reminds me of that family guy joke where the, the, the bar burns down and then the new owner gets all that insurance money. And then uh, I guess the the main character's wives ask the insurance guy. They're like, don't you think it's a little weird <laughs> that he took out an insurance policy for a fire and then had a fire the next day? And the insurance guy goes, no, actually, it happens all the time. Huh. It's like, <laughs> it's, it, don't you think it's a little weird what's happening with the Wuhan virus, the news reports, the, the, the refusal to, do, to release the data and, the, and the, the genome and stuff? And it's just like, are we supposed to sit back and be like, this is normal? 
Mm, yeah. When it's very clearly not, and they're trying to stop us from investigating what happened at the lab. At that point, it's like, look, I am the science. Yeah, I am the science. I am if the there's, science. If there's a virus, <laughs> SARS COVID virus, that emerges next to a lab that it researches on and does chimeric, uh, you know, experimentation, the creation of chimeric SARS viruses, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world to be like, but it probably came across the street from the wet market. Uh-huh. And they've tested 80,000 animal samples, haven't found a single animal who had SARS-CoV-2. Um, yet you have these viruses that are more than 96% identical in the, you know, that they were experimenting on and trying to supercharge there in Wuhan. Well, and now it, we yeah. got Omicron. Yeah. Joe, Joe, Biden, Joe Biden says that if we don't need to, I, I love this, the headlines are like, Joe Biden says no lockdown necessary. And I was like, yeah, that's what they said in January or whatever. Uh-huh. Joe Biden was like, we're, we're not going to be logging down, doing mandates. And then you actually get to the middle of the story where they bury the lead. And he actually said, for now, if everyone gets vaccinated and wears masks, then they won't be necessary. And then there's this video of um, University of Michigan, I guess, football game running onto the field, tens of thousands of people. And I'm huh. like, yo, people are not going to follow these rules. They're saying no to this. Now they're saying Daily Beast is an article that says we screwed up. This is really a three dose vaccine. Huh? Bill Maher already came out and said, I took one for the team. I got my shots. I got two. I'm not doing it again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the CDC says the definition of fully vaccinated will change to accommodate three shots. The Daily Beast is saying it's actually a three shot vaccine. So now if you only have two, you're not fully vaccinated. So Joe Biden's going to have no choice but to be like, look, come on, man. You know, people only get vaccinated. So we got to lock down to save lives. I think it's going to be another lockdown like it was last year. I think you're right. Joe Biden has this habit of doing this thing where he goes, we will all have unity and we will all get along if you do exactly what I tell you to do. And I'm like, how is that unity? We're not getting along if we're just doing what you tell us to do. This is what I was talking about earlier with elitism. He thinks he knows exactly what's right for everyone. So he's just going to say, this is how it's going to be. And if you don't do as I say, you're going to be locked down again and you can go screw yourself because I'm in charge, which is not the way the U.S. was originally intended to run. This is not how it's supposed to be. But we've gradually stepped up what a president can do and say. Um, and it's bad. It's crazy what's going on in Australia. You see what's going on in Australia with the lockdowns? No. So uh, the amount of insanity that's directed my way over this is it's it's hilarious. Uh, I I get like text messages from people like, yo, what's going on? Like people are talking about you. And I was like, "Ah," I tweeted that the quarantine camps were, I was hyperbolic. I said concentration camp in a tweet. And all of a sudden they're screaming at the top of their lungs. And so someone tweeted, a video of the minister of the, I believe it's the Northeast Territories in, in Australia. I don't know a lot about Australia, uh, their politics, government, states, and I, or whatever they call them, provinces or states. I think they're states. But he basically said that, you know, I'd like to thank the ADF, which is the Australian military, the Australian Defense Force, for helping transport suspected COVID cases and close contacts to the Howard Springs facility. He also said in that statement that they're removing the five reasons for leaving your home. The five reasons were exercise, work, medical reasons, getting food, or, you know, if you order something. And he's like, this means they no longer have the five reasons, and they can only leave for emergency medical procedures. To put it mildly, if you live in these areas, they have announced you can't leave your home to eat. Then they say they're transporting these people to the Howard Springs quarantine facility, which I guess is a first, I believe where they've been relocating internal Australians to these quarantine camps. And then all of a sudden on Twitter, the whole narrative becomes, is it voluntary? Mm -hmm. And all these Australian personalities are either saying Tim's a conspiracy theorist 
because I quoted, it's, it's literally in the Guardians. The Guardian article wrote this. Or they're like, well, Tim, to be fair, there's no evidence it's forced. And I was like, let me get this straight. You send in the military, you tell them to their faces, you can't leave your home to eat. And then you say, but if you'd like to voluntarily come with us to a quarantine facility, we'll give you food. That's not force. There's no scenario in which they are not forcefully relocating indigenous people. And these are people who don't even have COVID. They're close contacts. There's numerous stories about people desperately trying to escape the quarantine facilities. One woman set fire to a room, forcing an evacuation. One woman jumped a fence and like ran off and got caught and then fined $5,000. So does that seem people are too happy to be there? Yeah. There's also crazy footage of police officers and security guards running up to people because someone dared to put one foot outside of their perimeter zone that they were allowed to be in outside of their holding cells. I mean, there's also allegations of forced vaccination by some of the indigenous people in Australia. Australia. There's also record waves of protests hitting the streets of Sydney, hitting the streets of Melbourne. I mean, some of the videos. And and it's so crazy that we're not even hearing anything about this mass movement, this mass awakening of hundreds of thousands of people hitting the streets, not just in Italy, not just in Melbourne, but in uh, Guadalupe as well. There's so many places around the world that just are saying, hey, we believe in natural rights. We believe in human rights. You shouldn't be taking this away from us in the name of this emergency. And still, there's there's not really a mention of this, which is absolutely mind-boggling for me personally, to say the least. I think lockdowns are coming. Mm. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. We're seeing it in Europe. Uh, Australia just implemented another lockdown. They were like, we're easing lockdowns. I'm like, oh, no, Omicron got here. Omicron got oh, here. No. And people are like, how did Omicron yeah. get into Australia if you can't enter unless you're vaccinated and you can't even leave unless you're vaccinated? Well, it's because Omicron apparently is, is a variant is less likely to be stopped by the vaccine, I suppose. So sounds like everything Australia is doing isn't stopping anything. But they're going nuts with it. Yeah. In the U.S., I think we'll follow Europe's, you know, Europe's, uh, what Europe is doing, all these different, you know, European countries. I think that the United States is, you're going to see more and more blue states come up with excuses why they need to reinstate the lockdowns, bring it all back, and conveniently right around uh, an election year. Midterm elections are going to be very important, and they're going to do everything in their power, in my opinion, to try and fortify the election to put it mildly well israel and and japan just closed their borders to all foreign visitors um israel also just announced that they're using their intelligence agencies to have temporary permission to gain access into the phone data of people who were in the countries with confirmed omnicron variant cases so again there's nothing temporary about these new laws and rules that they're implementing but for them to use the national security state israeli intelligence agencies to hunt down and to contact trace people who were in a country with with cases in the name of security is is just absolutely mind-boggling and the opposite of security in my opinion you see ryan long's sketch about being pro pro pfizer he was like my pronouns are phi what do you you say phi z -er," or whatever I thought that was really good. But he basically walks around. He talks about how he's like, it's a skit. But he's like, I used to be a leftist and I was, you know, against all the big pharma. And of course, I don't like Martin Shkreli, but Pfizer is different. Oh, yeah. I got the (laughs) Pfizer vaccine. And he walks up to a guy. And this is interesting. Um, The first thing I always say about this stuff is like, look, I get it. You know, if you go talk to your doctor, figure out what makes sense for you. We're not here to give you advice on that stuff. But he, in this Ryan Long video, he walks up to a random guy in the street and he's like, are you a Pfizer guy? And the guy's like, oh yeah. He's like, I got all three, man. I'm, I'm in for three. And then he, and then, and then Ryan's like, oh yeah, you're going to go four and five. He goes, I'm going to do all of them. 
And I'm just yeah. like, wow. Yeah. And those are average day people just saying, yes, I'm going to comply. Uh, meanwhile, um, South Africa is also reporting no major uptick in cases. They're reporting mild cases. The scientists who discovered this new variant publicly came out and talked to the BBC and said people are panicking unnecessarily. So th- we still don't know what's going on here. Again, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a medical professional. We're not here giving you medical advice. But I think it's fair to say that we're in a position where we don't know what's happening and i think we shouldn't be jumping to conclusions or spreading fear at the same time which doesn't help anyone stresses people out and actually lowers people's well, well, immune act- system actually people can uh, i don't know if somebody wants to look this up someone super chatted that dan bongino had got a breakthrough case of covid because he's oh, vaccinated and that he took the rogan cocktail oh uh, I think that's look right yeah it's crazy to me that i can have a doctor say go to sleep and sleep it off and then me be like, I would like a second opinion. And then yeah. call another doctor who says, let's give you the full run. And then the media be like, Tim's dumb for listening to his doctor. And I'm like, what was I supposed to do? No doc. And this is what I tweeted. I was like, my doctor says I should take, you know, this medicine, but Don Lemon says it's a bad idea. And of course, Don Lemon knows better than my doctor. Yeah. That's, that's the reality we're supposed to be living in. Yeah, CNN can't do wrong. They're they're uh, you know holy, and everyone should listen to them, and they should all be recommended to everyone's YouTube searches. And you know they're so innocent and loving. Yeah. And Daily Daily Beast wrote an article that said Tim Pool is a new poster boy for ivermectin, and the reason they chose that headline is specifically because I have not promoted it and actually talked about how I told my doctor I didn't want it, and that I I was like I feel better, I don't want to take it, and they instructed me you have to like we're prescribing this, you should do it, and I was like I don't want it, and. I ended up taking it anyway. But they say poster boy because if they said I promoted it or was shilling for it or anything like that, that would be a false statement of fact. Right. Oh, poster boy is a meaningless opinion yeah. statement that can't be deciphered properly. You know what they're trying to claim. They're trying to make it seem like I'm out there. Like I went on Joe Rogan's show and I actually still argued with him about it. Not like a strong argument because I'm not a doctor and I really don't know. But I was just like, I don't know, man. I think I think this stuff's challenging when you've got political sides and they're making arguments about stuff. Some people just want to believe it works. Some people don't want to believe it works. And I think it's fair to say there are some studies that are very positive. There are some aggregate studies that are, you know, um, indeterminate. But really it just comes down to what your doctor offers you. So for me, it's like if I, my attitude is slightly towards the negative, like, you know, people say they don't approve it because um, they don't make money off it. And I'm like, if Merck manufactures this stuff, sure, they, they can make more money off something proprietary, but they could easily get emergency use authorization for this if they wanted to. So maybe there's a profit incentive or something. I don't know. But if I call a doctor and the doctor is like, we're giving you, you know, Zabodine or something, I'm not going to be like, whoa, whoa, doc. Like, I don't know. That word sounds weird. I just be like, okay, I'll look into it and, you know, we'll see if it makes sense for me. And then if when it comes to ivermectin, I know a little bit more about it. I was like, the monoclonal antibodies did me right and I feel, I feel totally fine. And they were like, no, we prescribed it for you. And I said, okay, doc, whatever you say. Yeah. Isn't that the attitude the left says you're supposed to have, like yeah. the, the establishment left? Mm-hmm. Trust your doctor, trust the science. But when I literally do that, they write smear articles about me. And and I wish this wasn't so political. I mean, even the naming of this variant has been political. It's 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 the World Health Organization skipping the Greek alphabet in order to appease someone with a similar name 
Z. Hmm. Uh, Wait, what? Yeah, the, they skipped that uh, one. Yeah, so the Omicron variant should have been called the Z variant, X-I. but the yeah, yeah, yeah XI. But uh, no way. Yeah, yeah but the, the World Health Organization skipped yeah. it. And oh, we're calling to it the she variant. Yeah, we should. That's way <laughs> better. Yeah. So, so again, when you have such politicization, when you have so many people. Uh, benefiting off of this, you should be able to ask questions. You should be able to have an open discussion, and we can't. And a lot of the discussion is being hindered. A lot of the conversation is being stopped. A lot of de- the debate, a lot of scientists are even being hindered. And that's absolutely a nonsensical start in many people's minds. And if you want to convince them, you want to win hearts and minds, start with an open, honest conversation. We don't even have that. Let's call it the, you know, the, we have we have the lemon variant. Yes, well, uh, the next one will be who, who should get it next? Seltzer Cuomo? or Cuomo? Sel- the Seltzer. Cuomo variant? Yeah. Cooper. Oh, mm. The Cooper, Cooper variant. variant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just all of CNN. The Va- no, excuse me, the Vanderbilt variant. Yeah. All, uh, all of. <laughs> Yeah, why why is his name Anderson Cooper? Is it because his mom didn't it change her name or what? Um, I have no idea. I didn't I I didn't really do that much research into it. But uh, he was raised by the Vanderbilts and uh, also attended uh, very interesting um, after school programs let's, in college. Mm. Let's just double down on it. Because they tried skipping over the Xi variant, we'll call it the Xi Jinping variant. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. That's good. That's we'll just compromise. literally name it after him. Yes, yeah, so I like Well, that. no, it's not a compromise. It's us doubling down. Like, oh, you want to not say Xi will add the Jinping to it just to go yeah. straight for it. Mm-hmm. Well, how about we go to Super Chats if you haven't already? Smash the like button. Subscribe to the channel and uh, share the show with your friends. Go to TimCast.com. Be a member. We're going to have a members-only segment coming up in just a little bit. And I'm going to type smash the like button right now yes. in chat hold and on, then hold enter on. it in. Hold on. We got the Lubin Tubin variant as yeah, well that like people that are commenting <laughs> in the yeah. chat room. <laughs> the Lubin Tubin variant. Did that work? Okay, it worked. All right. We're going to read some super chats and see what, uh, what uh, people have to say. Gerald Armstrong says, remember when Jesse Smollett was in the Mighty Ducks? Is that true? He was? I think he might have been. I know his sister was an actress, too. What? Yeah, she was in The Great Debaters. Juicy Smollier? Yes. That ruins my all-time favorite movie. Mighty Ducks, I was going to say, wow. I don't (laughs) think I've actually seen The Mighty Ducks. Look it up. I'm looking it up. Yeah, yeah. According to IMDb, it was... Wow. They got to bring it back. 1992. I love the Jesse Smollett story. (laughs) It's like, because it was so dumb... Growing up in Chicago, the area where he claimed to have been attacked, like I, I, I've been there so many times, people don't live there for the most part. So he's just like this this D-list celebrity at, th- at 3 a.m. or 2 a.m. getting a sub sandwich huh. and two Trump supporters in Chicago for some reason, because Chicago's weather, yeah. deep blue, <laughs> in freezing weather in the wee hours of the morning happen to spot him while they're carrying a noose and a hot sauce bottle full of bleach. And mega hats. With yes, MAGA hats yes, on, yes. who then yell, it's MAGA country, and, and throw the noose on his neck and splash him with bleach or whatever. And I'm just like, wow. And fight them. No, fight. And he fought them off. He fought two, <laughs> two of them off and, and beat them up. So. Amazing. Yeah. Well, the Austin Dyro brothers, I guess, are going to be testifying against them. That'll so It's going to be good, interesting. To that, yeah. Restless Medic says, Tim, thanks for being consistent in your advocacy for gun rights. It definitely helps change minds to see a former anti-gunner see reason. I was never an anti-gunner, though. My ad- Well, I guess technically you'd say that. My attitude initially was just born out of ignorance of kind of like, maybe we can have a reasonable discussion about, you know, uh, proper distribution, but people should be allowed to have guns, Second Amendment. And then someone commented, then I think we should be able to have some reasonable discussion about limits on your, on your free speech, because that's mm-hmm. also in the Constitution. And I was like, I get your point. Okay. If you want to change gun laws, you got to change the Constitution first. Mm-hmm. End of story. So that's basically my position for the most part. I certainly think... You know, there are issues. There was a story I was reading today about a dad who killed his daughter. They were out hunting white-tailed deer, and he was unloading his gun at his truck when it, it went off. 
and hit his 11-year-old daughter. They transported her to the hospital. She didn't make it. The comments were all basically like, he screwed up. There's no way that could happen if he was taking proper care of his yeah. firearm. And I struggle to imagine a scenario in which that would be a wrong statement. Mm, yeah. Like he was pointing the weapon at his daughter while he was unloading it. Like, come on, man. Jeez. Or it was a freak accident ricochet or his daughter was 11 and did something dumb. But when you when, when you handle weapons, you take it extremely seriously. Mm. But so I, I don't know exactly how you solve that problem. I will just say it's quite simple. There's no discussion to be had until the until the Second Amendment is, is amended. Until the Constitution gets an amendment, you have no grounds to argue for taking away anyone's right to keep and bear arms. Mm. Erica Baum says, for some reason, I can't watch your videos on your site. It just buffers, starts over, etc. I still pay to support you, but please make an app. We'd pay for it. Love y'all. I'm sorry about that. We'll, we'll I'll, I'll look into it. Could it maybe be like your browser or something? Maybe a different browser? Connection, maybe? Uh, yeah. I think it's probably not the connection if she can watch videos elsewhere. Oh, okay. okay. But uh, also, we are working on that. We are trying to get the app done uh, ASAP. But my understanding is that if you use the Brave browser, you can listen to all of the videos on our site with your phone in sleep mode, the screen off, because Brave will allow the audio to keep playing. Right. I'm sure it's, it's Brave that does that, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Awesome. That's what I we use. We use Brave for everything. Brave, is my, my opinion, is we the like best Brave, browser. Yeah. Absolutely. DW says, hey, Tim, I'm from Lubbock, Texas, where Chad was shot. Kyle won't face charges. Ex-wife is the county is the county judge, and he's currently got millions in contracts with the city. Also, it wasn't uh, – it's a typo, but I think it says wasn't his home. He lived on the other side of town. So you guys know the story about Chad Reed? The, the video that came out of the guy having an altercation about his son and his wife was there? This is a crazy story. Yeah. So basically, this dad goes to pick up his son. And he said, he's like, where's my son? It's 315. And the wife said, he's not here. And he's like, why is he here? And she's like, because I wanted to see him. So the dad's like, I'm going to haul you into court. I'm going to subpoena you and him and them. So he's angry. But the threat he made was a legal threat. That's the appropriate threat. He's there as per a court order to pick up his son. But then the ex-wife's boyfriend comes out with a nine millimeter carbine and says, get off the property. The dad, Chad Reed, gets in his face and says, you know, I dare you, mother effer, you know, use it. The dude fires around into the ground. They struggle, get knocked back. Then the, the guy who was there, uh, uh, the father is on the porch, and the guy Kyle, the ex-wife's boyfriend, gets thrown about 10 feet, raises the right, raises the carbine, and just pop, pop, and kills the dad, wow. like, almost on the spot. He just yeah. hits the ground. So a lot of people are questioning whether or not it would be self-defense because the dude got in his face. Mm. But I, was, I, was, I did a segment on it talking about uh, an article from Andrew Branca, plus my assessment and he said it's probably manslaughter. There's no justifiable self-defense in this capacity. My attitude is like, if I'm court ordered to pick up my son from my ex-wife, and then you come out with a gun and say no, you're kidnapping. Yeah. You are hereby abetting a crime to kidnap a child in violation of a court a order. Yeah. And all the dad did was close the distance and get in his face. He did grab the gun. It looked that, like But the guy fires into the ground. Before he grabbed the gun. But either way, my my point is, and that's a good point, though, but my point is, if you are holding my son against his will and against a court order, and then you bring out a gun, you are trying to kidnap my son with a threat of deadly force. So the dad trying to grab the gun, I would argue, is in defense of others. Interesting. They're kidnapping his kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a horrible case. It's a hard it case to watch. It's, it's that a dude hard should video not have shot, shot Chad Reed. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, I mean, it's... Chad Reed was making legal threats and only got in his face when he pulled out a gun on right. him. Yeah. 
So again, if you're keeping my kid from me, and I don't have kids, but I can certainly imagine, I'd love to ask Jack about it. Jack would probably be like, Jack Murphy, Ooh, he'd probably be like, dude, <laughs> you refuse to turn over my son to me? Mm. Don't be surprised if someone at, at the very minimum gets in your face. Of course, Chad yeah. Reed, I, I, I'm just saying this, legally, probably not justified, but I think on a human level, I'd imagine Chad Reed would have been more than justified to do a lot to save his son from these people taking him from him. Apparently, he had already called the cops. So at this point, it's like he he threatened him with court. He called the police. Why did the dude bring a gun out? Everything was going well other than just yelling. Now the dude's dead. Mm. This is a messed up story, man. Yeah. Messed up story. Yeah, I wish people would have de-escalated yeah. on both sides. None your business says Ghislaine Maxwell case. Uh, yeah. We'll get into that in the members only segment. That's going to be uh, spices, a lot of details, a lot of information is being withheld, but we'll definitely get into that stuff. All right. Let's see. Jay says your sponsor wraps you into a loop of other purchases before you can finalize your order. I pulled my order, but they still have my card number. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, I don't know. We just uh, got the info on this thing uh, on this stuff today, and I really thought the product was pretty good. Yeah, but hit up the site for sure. Yeah. All right. Dragon Noodle Soup Gaming says, hey, Tim and Co., I know you guys have asked about when the last time new Christmas songs were made. The last I remember was from the Polar Express 2010, I think. Uh, there's a lot of Christmas songs. These are like prominent ones, you know? They never make any new ones. Alan Shorer. Tim, Bongino announced today on his show he is recovering from breakthrough COVID-19, used the Rogers Rogan Pool cocktail. <laughs> it's, it's, it's what a doctor told me to take. You know, the, they, they, gave, they gave me an inhaler too. And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't use it because I'm you like, I was breathing. But they were like, this is for emergencies. We prescribe you a bunch of stuff. I don't know if like, I don't know if that, that actually ever came up that we that they got an inhaler like uh, for emergencies if you couldn't breathe. But that was a part of it. And I didn't have to use it. <clears throat> I'm just saying if my whatever the cocktail they get is, it's because a doctor was like, hey, I think this is what you should get. OK, doc, I guess it's just, it's just a ridiculously moronic story where they're like, only listen to your doctor if he prescribes Fauci's method. Yeah. I'm like what? I don't know. My doctor told me to do something. I said, I guess. Or tells you to go home and, and you know, walk it off, allegedly. Yeah. Well, here's my thing. Like, when the first doctor said walk it off, I was like, they didn't tell me to do anything. They didn't give me an advice. Yep. They didn't explain anything to me. They just said, sorry, we have nothing for you. Yep. So that wasn't actually an opinion on anything. It was kind of the absence thereof. So that's why I was like, okay, I guess. I actually was going along with it until I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Joe about what he did and what he was feeling. Because I wanted to know... Like, was Joe really sick? Was he was bad? Because I was getting really bad. And Joe was like, bro, just call somebody. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, all right, all right. So I was like, I'll call someone else. And um, and they were just like, we want to give you the full the full gamut of these 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 treatments. And this is a this is a Maryland Baltimore uh, uh, doctor. Yeah. This is not a Rogan's in Texas. Yeah. That that you know what I mean? Like, so I was just like, okay, doc. It's the 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 these, these, the cult is so insane. It's just absolutely lunatics. Like, listen to your doctor unless he tells you to take what Rogan took. I guess. No, listen to your doctor. If your doctor gives you advice and you don't like it, you, t- you get a second opinion, and then, you know, that's what you do. John Curry says, Luke is on fire tonight. Yeah, that, that opening bit was, was fantastic. Great. That's funny. People were saying you should make a Garbage Pail Kids collection of all the CNN hosts. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good, too. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. Oh, it's right here, actually. Yeah, Dad teaches and words to my son says, Luke, just make the 2022 Garbage Pail Kids lineup CNN edition. Yeah. Might as well. I mean, I'm writing that down. I'm telling my team right now. <laughs> garbage Pail Kids, man. Matthew Wesley says, Fredo will never be fired. Yeah, it's yep. probably, mm-hmm. yeah. Squirrel, a squirrel guy says, been watching since the beginning. Keep up the great work. Love the new site, by the way. Hey, appreciate your membership. 
Camel of the Mojave says, Occupy Wall Street was such a bunch of college kids uh, wanting a bailout on their own college. Uh, I'm too I'm too stupid to say no to learn a trade. There were a lot of people at Occupy Wall Street who were very much like, Durr, you know, let me get a bailout. But it was an eclectic bunch in the beginning. The problem is, I blame I blame the right for uh, for this. To be completely honest, the leftists are diehard ideologues who are willing to sleep on concrete or marble in the rain to get what they want. And the first week I was there, boy, did I see a ton of libertarians, conservatives, Ron Paul types. In fact, that's where I met Luke. But the right got up and walked away after the first week and saying, "I'm not sleeping on the floor." That worked to do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people had work, to be yeah. fair. But a lot of the right aren't willing to go the lengths the left is. I mean, let's be real. The left is willing to burn down buildings huh. and infiltrate media organizations to get what they want. It's horrifying. The right doesn't, so nobody nobody cares. There's no there's no worry. The right won't even boycott things. Some people on the right will be like, I won't, you know, get a Netflix subscription. And then most will be like, eh, but the new show is out, so I'm just gonna buy it anyway. Mm-hmm. And there you go. You get what you ask for. Yep. Ligama Thagayan says, uh, are any of us surprised by the Cuomo allegations? He has big time at Mel Gibson in South Park Energy. Cabra. Remember that? Um, no, I don't. <laughs> but the Alec Baldwin introduction into this story was also not surprising because they all hang out with each other. It's just, uh, it's just so crazy that all of them are just buddy, buddy, friends together. Getting away with shooting people and uh, stalking people and harassing people and doing other unspeakable things to people and uh, just their own little special club. Aaron Stevenson says, Kyle said Milwaukee will burn if there was foolery in the Democratic primary. Uh, he says the violence helped mobilize. Uh, oh, he says there was the violence helped mobilize is not cool, man. Get Jimmy Dore, not Kyle. Yeah, Um I don't know. Yeah, Jimmy would be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Jimmy's be like very much a populist. He's very left, too, you know, lefty. But I also kind of feel like they they both know they agree on a lot of things. And Jimmy has no problem being like, I know I agree on a lot of things with Steve Bannon. Right, because yeah. he's fearless. The, the leftists hate him because he's honest. Yeah. I, I disagree with him on a lot of his economic opinions. Right. But he tells the truth. And he fired a guy over uh, a misquote. Some guy on his oh, staff, wow. I guess, took a quote and then contracted it, which kind of changed the context. And he fired the guy. Good. And the left was mad. They're like, oh, oh, how dare he? And it's like, that was the right thing to do. Like, Jimmy was like, he's out. But I think Kyle would be good because I think Kyle acts in good faith. Um, you know, he does that show with Crystal Ball. Mm-hmm. Crystal might be great as well. Yeah. You know, maybe Crystal and, and Ben, I think they'd have an interesting conversation. But, you know, I think Kyle would be more interesting because uh, I think Kyle is well aware that he probably does agree with a lot of these people. It would be interesting to see that dynamic. Whereas Crystal and uh, Sagar you know, they have a show together already. So, of course, she understands that the right populists and left populists overlap on a lot. It's still crazy that we were in the room when Jimmy Dore went after Alex Jones yeah, and spat on him. <laughs> and, we, and me wow. and Tim were just sitting there like, what in the world is happening now? How are we here? That was the RNC, right? Yeah, uh, RNC or DNC in Cleveland. I forgot which one it was, but we were the, inside the press media the, room. It was the RNC, I'm pretty sure. And then uh, Alex yeah. just walked right by us. And then, like... <laughs> took over the Young Tark show, and oh, yep. uh, that was wild. They were doing their show, yeah. like, in the hallway. Yeah. Like, anyone could have walked up and said Alex Jones did. Yeah, they had the Roomba cam going around as well. Uh, I remember that. Those were Man. those were wild days. Mm-hmm. Cactus Production says, Hello, Tim and crew from Oregon. Our state is trying to implement a digital vaccine passport. If any Oregonians are watching, please email members of the state legislature. They're trying to slide this right under our noses. 
Hmm. I wouldn't be going back to uh, Oregon. People I know in Illinois, like my old friends, are just like, it's bad. Like everybody's on edge. The more they talk about, the, the more the media fear mongers, the more they're worried it's going to get locked down. I'm hearing from people that in some areas of Illinois, like suburban areas, their businesses are like strict masks, restrictions, all that stuff. Out here, wow, I haven't really noticed anything. Yeah, I mean, it all depends where you go. It all depends on the neighborhood. It all depends on how they're enforcing it. A lot of places, even in places like New York City, they're not really enforcing a lot of the mandates, even a lot of the mask stuff in places like New York City. Some people just don't care. Joel Exline says, if you guys think the dog and monkey experiments are bad, wait until you read chapter seven of RFK's new book, oh, yeah. The Real Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci, Mr. Hyde, NIAID's barbaric and illegal experiments on children. I think we ended up getting that. Yeah, we'll Article that, yeah. Yikes, man. It's been up for a while, yeah. That's crazy. I love all the socks. Someone mentions Pete Buttigieg, uh, um, but uh, I love all the all the news about, you know, like Buttigieg's White House run and rumors, and I'm like, that dude's, come on, man. Nah. I'll be honest, though. I didn't think Biden could do it because of his senility, but uh, uh, Pete Buttigieg, if Biden could pull it off, I guess. If Kamala could be in there anyway, <laughs> I'm surprised myself. Um, I can't believe she was able to... Still be in there. Anything's possible. Yeah, yeah, she didn't win a single delegate. Tulsi no. did better than she did. Yeah. No one liked her. Mark Schaffer says, my employer is offering raises and the only eligible employees of the vaccinated plan on seeking legal advice. That's interesting because they can argue that it's not a negative against you. It's a positive for someone else. But then you can argue that taking away the ability for a raise or a promotion from you is discrimination. Yeah, I could definitely say that. I think you'd have a case there. Okay, what is this? Nathan Simpson says, Rand Paul spent like 20 minutes exposing government spending on stupid research. Search Senator Paul on spending projects in science and technology bill. I think I remember that. He does yeah. the festival. I forgot what Festivus. it is. Festivus. The Festivus. Festivus, 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 Festivus report every yeah, year. And what, what, what date does he do it? Does it do December it 17th or something. Yeah. December 17th? Yeah, it's there. It's awesome. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, it's coming up. up. So I'm going to be paying attention to his <laughs> Twitter account for that. Justin Casillas says, never use a 410 for turkey it is inappropriate. Oh. Uh, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I haven't actually hunted turkeys. Oh. I just have a 410 and I bought a variety of 410. So there's like slugs. There's, I got 410 buck and I got 410 game and 410 turkey. I don't know. We should get a hunting yeah. expert on just to teach us how Steve to Vanilla. hunt and make our yes. own food we'll, we'll and cook our own meat yeah. and have someone on the show, but then also do a vlog segment where we learn how to do this ethically yeah. and teach people how to not uh, rely on factory farms. I think that would be something that would be worthwhile. We're, we're looking at making Freedomistan totally self-sufficient. So uh, we got a lot of work to do on the new the new site. We're probably going to build a studio there. We're probably going to move a lot of the production over there just because we have more acreage and we can do a lot more projects. So we can actually have a gun range and all that stuff, a proper range with, you know, all the safety stuff and all the good stuff. And so we want to do solar power completely over the top, overproducing the solar. We, we would need to operate the business out of this new space and, and, and to expand. And then uh, we have, you know, survival people come out and, you know, we'll grow our own food. We're getting, we have a greenhouse already. So we're going to be able to grow stuff all year round. It's going to be fantastic. Build some natural shelters. That would be really cool. We'll get some shipping containers yep. and we'll just bury them. Yeah, that'd yeah. be, be Bunk, cool. We'll make a bunkers. little. Yeah, a little. <laughs> I, I, I guess. I think, you know, I, I don't really expect ever to use a shipping container buried as like a real bunker to survive anything. It would just be a fun little, like, little room to hang out in. You know what I mean? Put a TV down there, some recliners, and just have a private little secret underground thing. 
And then, you know, secret little tunnel where you, when you open it, it looks like grass. It's like a wood thing with grass <laughs> over it. Sounds fun. That'd be fun, man. It'd be fun to have. Just because it's silly, not because it's serious. But yeah, it's going to be cool. We're, we're going to be able to put on a really great range. Um, I took a look at, look at the property again because we just finally like fully secured it. Now we got to do a bunch of utilities and power and, 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 and construction and cosmetics. But there's a great spot. The, the, the wooded area, actually, Luke, it goes uphill. Nice. Perfect. Yep. So it's absolutely perfect. Nice. We can easily set up a good range, probably up to a couple hundred feet. We could probably do more excavating and even push that a little bit, which I think would be awesome. If we if we tear down the middle hill area, we could probably do like 500 feet. That'd be awesome. Yeah, massive. Yeah. Crazy. The issue is, though, just, you know, safety and security of everybody. Of we got to make sure it's very, very yeah. safe. Nevermore says the strange part about the cult of Fauci is wasn't there candles for the guy working on the Russiagate investigation too? This isn't the first time they were making idols of people. Yeah, and no, Stacey no. Abrams. There's like a, uh, I saw a picture of like a little Fauci and it looked like a Hanukkah thing. Um, uh, what's it called? Menorah. A menorah, oh, yeah, but yeah. it was vax, it was shots. Oh gosh, <laughs> I saw that. that. I saw, I saw a little nativity scene made out of masks. I yeah, like, I saw that on Reddit. What is wrong with you people? Stop. Yeah, it's a cult, man. It really is. Look, I can, I'll say it again. I understand that there are some people that are like Q, full Trump. They believe crazy things. But you watch like that Daily Show guy, whatever his name is. No, uh, Trevor Noah. No, 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 no. The guy who goes on the ground. And they gave him his own show, but then got canceled because it was dumb. Oh, okay. <laughs> but he does these things where he like shows up to these rallies where there's a bunch of conspiracy theorists. They're always old people. Mm. You know, really a lot, very, very much older who believe a lot of the more crazy culty Q stuff. We're sitting here on this show with, you know, tons of viewers and we're like, I don't know about all that, you know, Trump Q stuff. I don't believe that. But these people have institutional power and they're in a cult and they get mad about it. Yeah. Whatever. I, I'm just glad that more and more people are starting to wake up and realize it. Mini- uh, miniaturized Strange Quark says, now Tim is planning Turkey Town after Chicken City. No, <laughs> no Turkey Town. But we're are just about ready to start launching Chicken City. So Chicken City is up. We just need to now, uh, I think we ordered some cameras. We want to do waterproof PTZ cameras. It's pan, tilt, zoom. Oh, cool. yeah. So that we can have one camera move and look in different directions. So then we'll have the chickens all do their thing. I got to tell you, man, Roberto Jr., he's so big. It's crazy. So we, 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 we had the original six. We got, a, we got a, a, a transplant. And then they had babies. And now we have, I think, uh, what do we have? Seven babies. And they're all just so big. It's crazy. We were gone for the week in Austin. I came back and I was like, man, those things got huge. We've got a bunch of roosters. They're mm-hmm. awesome. Too so we also, we also inherited two chickens at Freedomistan. So we're going to be moving a bunch of the roosters over there to, to reduce the fighting. So the three Black Star chicken boys, they're friends. And because they grew up together, we can keep them together. But they, sh- you know, I was reading that they should be fine technically growing up and knowing who the boss is because we have the one big rooster. That's still too many roosters. So we're going to yeah. take away, you know. Are they okay to move? Daniel Turner mentioned transplanting chickens can be dangerous because you take the toxins in their body to the yep, new environment. the worms and stuff. Yeah. But it's either that or what we let them go. Yeah. So choice. we can move them and it, and it could be bad, but, you know, they're all adults. So at this point, the, the cockerels are getting very close to adulthood, but they're not fully mature. Which The problem is if they become mature, then they could start fighting with, Roberto. So we're going to have to relocate them to the other other place. But yeah, uh, Daniel was mentioning you got to be careful about the parasites and stuff that mm-hmm. are in that specific coop. But, you know, it is what it is. 
All right. Nuber 9 says the problem with Unit 731, the Nazi experiments, was that they were conducted unscientifically. For instance, they would freeze limbs but not record the temperature. Huh. I would say the problem with them is that they were human experimentation, freeze cruel, limbs. torturous, and psychotic. <laughs> but I get your point. I get the point. I don't think he's, uh, you know, diminishing the psychosis involved in the horrific experiments. But it is, it is a good point that that actually shows just how depraved they were. The fact that they weren't actually recording things show shows it wasn't really about doing science. It was the cruelty. It was just like, I don't know. Let's see what happens. To to be fully fair, a lot of what we know about some really bad diseases come from really awful experiments. So that we need to find a better way. But right now what we have is very much from these horrible experiments, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, scientific progress. I mean, I think like you point out, Justin, a lot of it is just waste. Yeah. Literally serving no purpose, not speeding up anything. It's just dumping money on ridiculous things like do fish feel pain? I can't believe they actually did that research and like, yes, they do. It's like, no kidding. A fisherman could tell you they do. You know the, what I mean? The Festivus report two years ago, Rand Paul's report included an example we had of uh, yeah, nicotine addicted fish wow. in England that we're still paying for now. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Well. Well, you know, it's got it. Got it's got. Look, if we're going to be selling these, you know, these cool Marlboro 100s or whatever <laughs> fish, we got to know if they get addicted. Because if they don't, what's the point? It's a fair point. Yeah. We have a salmon farm. Can we get some cigarettes for them? <laughs> They're all addicted. I just don't understand. For my fish. You know, I, I suppose there's some argument in seeing whether or not nicotine affects aquatic life the same way land mammals or something. I mean, it's possible there's a lot of context we don't get in some of these stories, but true. I really think it's incumbent upon them to justify them when questioned. You know what I mean? And if they can't, yeah. maybe we need to weed out the waste of money. Okay. But I think you make a good point. Taxpayers should be funding it regardless to be the private sector. Yeah. All right. Thomas Sidebottom says, I watched Biden's announcement today. Honestly, for a second, I thought it had to had it had cut to a commercial because it sounded more like a hard sales pitch for the vaccines than talking about COVID-19 Omicron variant. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mr. Zenmancer says, Luke making Emperor Fauci, I am the science shirt. There you go. <laughs> I like that idea. I'm, I'm writing my team that sitting, right now. <laughs> sitting in the, uh, uh, like that chair when it when comes in. I am the science. Yep. <laughs> no, but it, but it can't There's a just, meme going around like that already. I, but it can't just be that. It's got to be like you know mace window or like someone saying or maybe like you like you know we're here to challenge quest criticize the scientific establishment and then he says i am the science or like electricity going through his fingers yes, and I hitting an that. orphanage <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's oh also <laughs> let the science flow through you yes. <laughs> good custos Videosus says, Tim, for the love of God, do not bury shipping containers in the ground. They were designed to be stacked, not buried. If you bury them too deep, the weight will destroy the container. Ah. No, I'm not talking about like digging 10 feet in the ground, burying it, and then dumping dirt on top. I'm talking about like leveling it off of the ground so you can open it and go right in. Mm. Like I'm pretty sure so that's fine. Well, there's some companies that are using it just, you know, they don't bury it too deep. They bury it um, just a little bit, and it's still used as uh, like an underground little bunker for some people. You also um, stack them like like Jenga, so you don't want them all because they will collapse on themselves, but yeah. they won't collapse if they're Jenga. Do you see that hotel, that, that apartment complex they built of shipping containers? Yeah. And cool. it got postponed because of like, you know, COVID stuff. Shortage of shipping containers. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Shortage yeah. of, yeah. Talk about the nightmare dystopia. Yeah, our our low income shipping container home was. Our pods. Was, <laughs> yeah, our, our pods were, are no longer available because they can't get them. 
Yeah. And the bugs aren't available because they can't ship them. Yep. <laughs> Welcome, man. Lee Nicholas says, legally, it's not kidnapping. The dad is supposed to go to the court and file a motion. As dumb as it sounds, that's the law. Family court is broken. I completely agree. But um, that's why I was saying the human element here. Like, you take a child from his dad, and then the dad gets angry. The worst thing he did was he got in the face of the guy and started yelling at him when he pulled out a gun on him. I wouldn't have been surprised if he just immediately tackled the guy to the ground because he pulled a gun on him. Yeah. Granted, he wasn't brandishing it, but still, crazy story, man. Erratic Bear says, is Omicron an Autobot or Decepticon? <laughs> oh, Omicron would clearly be a Decepticon. Definitely. A lot of people mentioning that um, Omicron is an anagram for Moronic. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I like that one. Scott Odom says, Tim, I design uh, power systems and have done some solar. Hit me up. I'd be glad to help you guys figure out what you need. The challenge with solar is just, it just uh, takes so long. We've been waiting, I think, seven months or longer for Tesla to get the solar done here. So if you know somebody who works at Tesla, Tesla Solar, ask them, like, we were approved, everything's approved, we've been sitting here waiting for months, and they're just like, we'll let you know, maybe it's a shipping thing. Maybe they can't get the, the solar panels. Yeah. But we were going to get, like, so um, we, we had the power go out here once during the summer, and we had to run the whole show off these backup batteries that we have. That was exciting. And it was really hot, <laughs> and, like, we're all sweaty, and it's dark. <laughs> But we were able to do it. Yeah, we did. And then I was like, man, what's going on with those backup batteries we ordered from Tesla, man? It's been forever. Been months, yeah. Yeah. You know, those power walls, we get them, this whole place can operate for a couple days. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. The power could go out. So the thing is, being out in the middle of nowhere, the na- like the, the people in the area have all said, if the power goes out, it could be days before they can figure out how to fix it. Like if a line goes down, you know, it's a rural area. It's not a city. So that would be very, very important. But... It might come in handy during the apocalypse. Yeah, definitely. Joseph Hutchins says, I live in Danville, Illinois, about three hours south of Chicago. No one enforces masks here. Every other city of decent size enforces it, but not, uh, enforces it a lot more though. That's basically what I, what I, what I hear. And I think it's, it's, it's kind of similar in a lot of places. Like where we're at, we're about an hour from DC. DC's ridiculous. People are freaking out. They're enforcing everything. And then you come out to West Virginia. It's only an hour drive and it's just like, People are shrugging. There are a lot of businesses, though, that do have signs up saying, like, please wear a mask or whatever, but mostly people don't. And I got to be honest, I just don't go to them. So this is actually really funny. Uh, there was a mom and pop, like, bakery and coffee shop. And the other day we went there, and there's a big sign saying, please wear your mask. And I look inside, and everyone was wearing their mask. And then I look behind me, and there's a Starbucks. And I'm like, eh. I walk over to Starbucks. Yep. No mask mandate. Yep. And then I was just like, wow, I really don't want to give money to Starbucks. But if the mom and pop shop doesn't want my business, they don't want my business. I got no beef. I'm not going to go in there and argue and be a, you know, a Karen. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, no, I, I didn't have a mask. I got no problem being like, oh, I have a mask. I can put it on. I didn't have one because no, most places don't require it out here. So when I walked up and I saw it, I was like, I don't got one. I'll just go to Starbucks, I guess. A lot of people have those signs, but a lot of them don't enforce them from what I've noticed myself personally. Some do. Some are very strict about it and uptight, but I don't think arguing with your fellow man is or woman is is something productive. Um, And I think a lot of people get caught up in the emotions of it. And they're like, you're doing this. And they make people enemies when they're not supposed to be enemies. And Mm -hmm. you just got to let your ego go and, and stop arguing with, you know, your neighbors. For the most part, I don't think anybody enforces it out here. But my thing is like, if I see a big sign before you walk in saying, you know, please wear your mask, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm not going to go into their private establishment and start causing a problem for them. I was at the airport. 
I missed my flight and spent about 17 hours on airplanes and airport uh, last week. And man, that is not surprising, Ian. I wore... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. get there early for the holiday, by the way, if you're going to go fly. Two hours is not enough. I made my fly. I wore a mask for... It was so wet at the end of the day Ooh. when I took it off. It was so gross. It was wet. Uh, I had to keep pulling it out away from my face to breathe dry air because it was so wet. It was so... Just clean your mask. Yeah. Please wash your mask tonight and think of me while you do it. Hot <laughs> <laughs> request, but okay. All right, everybody. We are going to head over that member segment, and we're going to talk about that Maxwell case. So if, you already, if you haven't already, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, go to TimCast.com and become a member because you get a massive library of all this behind-the-scenes content. We have two new shows launching probably this week. Get this. We're doing something crazy. You really got to check out Tales from the Inverted World. A lot of people, you know, some people were saying, I really love it. Some people were like, oh, I don't know if I'm into this show. Look, 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 we just launched it. So it's getting into its groove. It's getting going. You got to start something. You got to build it up. But it's okay because eventually you will come around. The latest episode is 41 minutes long. Yes. And it's about alien abductions. And YouTube put a big warning on it being like, Ooh. alien abductions aren't yeah. real and stuff. But it's just talking about a guy's story. It's fascinating. There's music. There's images. It's really cool. What we have on TimCast.com is a members only segment where we have Shane, who writes this stuff, having conversations with people about these stories and these conspiracies. Like, not, I don't think conspiracy is necessarily the right word. We're launching another show that is a general conversation about all of these random stories and random conspiracy theories. So there's the script, there's the written version, say scripted, but like written inv investigatory version where Shane goes down to Georgia and investigates ghost stories and abductions. Then he has a members-only conversation, but now we're going to be launching a public conspiracy conversation show, and they'll both promote the members-only, which is a combination kind of of both. So you're going to want to check that out, and that will be that's going to be a free show we're making thanks to you guys as members. We can make this happen. And then we're launching a pop culture show, which will also have more members content. So I'll tell you this. The more members content we produce, the more money we lose because we're not making any extra money, but we're hoping it just makes more people want to be members and funds more, more work and we can grow this business and create more culture and do all that stuff. So make sure you're a member at timcast.com because we're going to have a pretty spicy segment coming up. That being said, don't forget to smash the like button. You can follow us on Instagram, Timcast IRL, and basically everywhere else. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or wherever else at Timcast. Justin, you want to shout out White Coast Waste Project and any other? Sure. Yeah. At White Coat Waste on all social media platforms, whitecoatwaste.org. And if you're feeling like sending a note to your member of Congress about Anthony Fauci, dogsagainstfauci.org. That's there a great go. website. I like that website, dogsagainstfauci.org. Yep, and that's the one that Twitter and Google have both censored and won't allow us to run ads about. Really? Wow. 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 No. Okay. Um, uh, that's going to be a good that's website. Cool. I'm yeah. going to be looking up myself. <laughs> uh, and personally, I have my own YouTube channel and media organization under We Are Change. So if you want to see my latest rant and screams, you can on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash we are change. I did an extensive video today about the Maxwell trial. It's definitely worth a listen. And uh, because you guys do that, I'm here. So thanks so much for checking out my YouTube channel. And uh, Ian, that's a very nice exclusive t-shirt you, you have like there oh, that yeah, you could get that. on uh, the best political shirts.com. The best political shirts.com. Thanks for uh, getting me this shirt, Luke. We are change. Uh, dot org is it uh it's yeah. very warm yes. <laughs> hey thanks for coming everyone glad to see you again my name's ian crossland uh follow me ian net. love you thanks for coming bye 
I also have a Luke shirt that says make 1984 fiction again, which I love wearing in public. I feel like I get a lot of side eye about it, but no one's really talked to me about it yet. So I'm still waiting. I keep trying. You guys may follow me on Twitter at Sarah Patch Lids. Timothy. I will. Yeah. Thank you. We'll see you all over in the members only segment at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye guys. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.